Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs right here on the fakepigskin.com. Week two in the books, and uh, things are... I can't say they're shaking out, Rick. They're still shaky in my mind. There's a lot of weird stuff going on out there. I got no idea what in the world's going on. I watched the week two action, Rick, and all I all I heard was this all week. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I can't make heads nor tails out of any of it, Rick. Nothing. I agree. And uh, there's just a lot of stuff going on. There are quarterbacks that... You know, even coming through training camp, people had high hopes, said they looked good. They don't look like they even know what they're doing out there. And I'm talking about veterans. I'm not talking about your Simeons and your Wences who are shining. Right. I'm talking about veteran quarterbacks, Super Bowl champions, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, but veteran. They're just horrible. Yeah, Cam Newton. Yeah, we can talk about that. At least he's been more workmanlike. They're 2-0. and oh. He hasn't been doing anything crazy. Uh, and, and the defense has been holding them in. Speaking of defenses, whatever happened to the Arizona, vaunted Arizona defense? It went the same way, the dodo with their defense, <laughs> apparently. So, so much to get to. We'll get to all of that and more. Check us out at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com to get all your questions answered. I assume we have a robust mailbag tonight, Rick. Yes, we have. I can't remember how many I jotted down, but as you glance through it yourself, we have trade offers, of oh, course. Blow People it up. blowing it like up. It's early, early on, it's <laughs> blow it up. But we're going to do some headlines. Uh, got, got some commentary. Game ball. Stinky suck. We're going to bring it back, Rick. You brought it up last week. We need to bring it back. Stake claim to our very own That's, factor fiction. You got it, So baby. we're going to play a little round of that. Your question starts, sits, and, and everything else. Rick, before you do that, let's pay a few bills. Well, you better believe it. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try these new best ball leagues on our favorite app, Draft. And here's how it works. We go through this every week. Fligger is perfect for this. You draft your team, and you're done. It's season long, but with no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. There's no trades. There's no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every single week. You don't worry about injuries again. You can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part, of course, you're playing for cold, hard cash. Leagues start from just 3 bucks, and there's a league for everyone. There's no salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends. And for a limited time only, only new players, but all new players, get a free entry into a $3 best ball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code, Rick. Fake pigskin. Fake pigskin, all one word. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using the promo code fake pigskin on your first deposit. Just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com. Come play free with promo code Rick. Fake pigskin. All right. Oh, you got one right. That finally, finally got right. I got to tell you, get on this. Get on the draft app. Download this thing. We're all in agreement how dumb I am, right, Rick? I'm 
fairly stupid, and I think we're all pretty aware and comfortable with that, right? Yeah. We are heading into week three. Through week one and week two, I have doubled my bankroll each week. The DraftKings, FanDuel, Sharks haven't shown up yet. You can go out there. You can use your knowledge. The Snake Draft application is incredible. It lets you pick your players. You're not facing these same players, right? Right. No fancy algorithms. Pick the right team. I have doubled my pay my bankroll each and every week, and I anticipate that continuing and retiring by the end of the season. That's my plan. Well, good. So you're not going to have you're going to have to find somebody else to kick around on these airwaves, Rick, because I'm going to be on my yacht in the South Pacific somewhere. <laughs> well, I was actually expecting you to win enough for both of us to retire so i mean you know i mean i i'll whatever i'll bait your hook for you on the all yacht right. yeah i i could use an errand boy that, that would be oh all no right. i'm not an errand boy i'll bait your hook because you're afraid of worms but i mean other <laughs> hey maybe we can get holly alejandro we can't get him to show up for the show then all of a sudden well yeah, but you get him on a yacht we can't yeah, where's he off. gonna go maybe. and then if he gets squirrely we toss him off <laughs> We, we, we need a float. We need a plank. You know, you can walk the plank, right? Yeah. I wonder if he's listening. We can play pirate. That would <laughs> I be like great. That. I like it. Let's do it. So I anticipate that by the end of week seventeen, if I keep doubling this bankroll, no, the old right. uh, the old uh, positive regression theory. I'm right? getting Embedded. excited now. I'm going to be on a yacht, yeah, bait, baiting a hook and putting a poking Alejandro <laughs> in the butt. Get going. Move, boy, move. That's I right. like it. All right, Rick, let's get to it. Fortunately, not the, the glut of injuries or big-name injuries we had in week one, but still had a few. Yeah, enough of them. Sam Bradford appears to be uh, dealing with a bone bruise in his knee, so it doesn't look like it's anything structural necessarily with that previously surgically repaired knee. Pretty much day-to-day, boy, they need him to get back, or you, you could see the difference. Case Keenum, hold on to your seat, is not a good NFL quarterback, Rick. No, Case Keenum kills me as a Stephon Diggs owner and Stephon Diggs truther, a guy who I think was going to turn the corner this year, but you got to have Sam Bradford. You know, you, well, yeah, you do. But I, I tell you what, and, and we'll get to the takeaways on that. There's just Case Keenum, he's one of these kind of guys that I, I'm not sure I'm going to fault him for that loss. He didn't look good, don't get me wrong, and he's certainly not Sam Bradford. But after some of this quarterback play I witnessed in some of the other games, I mean, he was actually a reasonable facsimile of a quarterback. At times. Compared to some of these other guys. I mean, it it was horrifying watching some of this quarterback play this it, week. It, it's bad. It's bad all across the league. DeMarco Murray day-to-day with a hamstring. Rick, boy, you saw what Derrick Henry could do. When DeMarco Murray was out of there, the, the head coach still saying if Murray's healthy, Murray's the top guy. I frankly, I don't believe it, Rick. Derek is coming. He is on his way. If you drafted him, you stashed him. I think you're about to get paid off real soon. It's only been two weeks, but DeMarco Murray, really a game and a half, has been underwhelming. And Derek Henry, every time he is given an opportunity, looks like the star we thought he was going to be last year before DeMarco Murray popped off. Yeah, it, it's one of those things, especially if Murray stays banged up a little bit. Could be just one of these situations where you're on the pine. 
Right. You know, we just can't afford to bring Derrick Henry out, DeMarco, yeah. so sit there and rest. Yeah. We may the, need you. This is the NFL, and if Derrick Henry keeps doing what he did last week, you have to get him on the field. Exactly. So patience about to pay off there. Fat Rob, Rob Kelly, day-to-day with a rib cartilage injury. Mm. Fortunately avoided the, the fractured rib, should shorten the time, but – any any NFL player specifically, anybody, quite frankly, with any type of rib issue, but I think especially a running back, I think even if he can give it a go, I'm going to stay away from Rob for a little while because this is a painful thing. You know, you, you talk, you hear these guys talk every time they yawn, every time they move, let alone take hits. You know, we're not exactly talking about Adrian Peterson circa 2009 as it is, but then you factor this in. I think he's going to see limited time here for a good little while until it's completely healed. Most likely, and he had a good game going. Right? I believe it was like 11 rushes for 78 yards, you know, about seven yards a pop and was having a nice day and looked good doing it. But like you said, you start running, even if it feels okay, you start sucking wind pretty hard and those rib cages are expanding, you know, because the lungs are filling up. It hurts. Yes, yeah, so something to keep an eye on there. Uh, what else do we have here, Rick? Corey Coleman. This is devastating to me. Uh. This is a guy I own a ton of shares of. I don't have any starting lineups, but really thought this is the year this kid could break out. Just can't stay healthy again in year two. Has to have hand surgery on Monday. He'll be out six to eight weeks. Boy, Kenny Britt's been a bust there in Cleveland. Really, Deshaun Kaiser missed time with a migraine. That, that was kind of an oddball situation. But uh, just really no offensive weapons there in Cleveland. And we're going to talk about Isaiah Crowell a little later on if, if you want a teaser for later in the show. Yeah, really. And, you know, Jordan Howard in a sling after the game, not talking to the press. Not a whole lot what's going on with that injury, but uh, he's not right. You can tell that. And let's face it, Chicago's anemic. Without the wide receivers, oh, uh, there's nothing there. It's bad. It's bad. Randall Cobb, day-to-day after an MRI, the MRI on his shoulder came back clear. Doesn't appear to be anything serious. We'll monitor that as we go around, go along. Jordy Nelson, his status is unclear. Luckily, it looks like it's just some type of quad bruise, some type of quad injury. Doesn't look like anything long-term may be in danger for this week, but I don't, I don't foresee any long-term after some of the devastating injuries he's had. This seems to be the theme here Gronk uh, he's dealing with that groin he says it's no big deal he'll be ready to go next week Gronk owners can hope because boy we finally saw <laughs> we're going to talk about that performance from him and uh, Mr. Brady a little later on it's shocker here hold on to your seat Jordan Reed's banged up Rick he's day-to-day yeah. dealing with a chest contusion that, that, that's sort of an oddball injury for him so probably similar to the ribs I assume you worry about that a little bit and and the one Rick that's going to break your heart I'll step back and give you a few minutes to lament I, I did it last for that reason your boy yeah your man crush Greg Olsen out six to eight weeks with a broken foot and it was non-contact That's just so running weird. down the field to fracture a bone non-contact yeah. I've, I've never heard of it. i'm sure it's happened i've never heard of it it makes you wonder if something didn't happen in training camp preseason something that's ah, okay it's sore or whatever and might have been a little bit of a fracture there already i don't i don't and have just any idea loose yeah you almost have to wonder you wouldn't think I mean, especially a guy like him that's been so durable for so many years. He's not like a Jordan Reed who is hurt basically right. all the time. No knock on him. He's just been one of those unfortunate ones. 
But Greg Olson's always been just this Iron Man out there, and a non-contact broken bone, that, yeah. that's surprising. So we're, th- this is a really, really big deal for the Carolina Panthers, in my opinion. Look, Christian McCaffrey, we're going to talk about him later on, but we'll start the conversation now. There's encouraging signs with him in the fact that he seems to be involved in everything, but it's just not quite there. That's one of those pert near but not plum sort of situations as I look at it now. You still saw in week two problems with Cam Newton's accuracy, and here you take his one security blanket, the one sure thing in that offense over the last how many years, Rick, as Cam Newton's gone up and down, as the running backs have come and gone and been injured nonstop, as the wide receivers, as Kelvin Benjamin looks great one week and underwhelms for two or three more. The one constant in this offense that struggled to find its way now for 18 straight games going back to beginning of last season the one constant is out for two months that is a really big deal especially where in my mind you know it seemed to me you didn't agree as much when I said that off the top but in my mind you have a struggling Cam Newton and then you take this target away this is a huge huge deal for the Carolina Panthers yeah I think so too but you know the only silver line in this Clyde was the free agent pickup of Ed Dixon in the offseason at least they have you know a veteran guy there that that's been around the block a few times. Ed Dixon's not there. You're looking at Chris Manhurts. <laughs> Manhurts. And, and, that's and an I mean, awesome name. That is, I mean, that would really be a big deal. At least with Dixon, I think he's at least a stopgap solution right. for a while, providing he can stay healthy. Yeah, and I, I think he's a guy, if you're a, you're a guy who invested in Austin Hooper like I did, Ed Dixon's somebody I'm targeting on the waiver wire this week because I don't trust Hooper, and we'll probably talk about him a little later. But I wonder, it probably means, probably, theoretically, should mean good things for your guy, your man crush, Rick Kelvin Benjamin. It really should. He almost feels like a tight end, right? If he ran the right type of routes, he should be able to do Greg Olson things with his size. You just wonder, somebody I hope benefits from this. What I fear is nobody benefits, and that offense just goes completely down the down the tubes. Yeah, exactly. I uh, double click. Yeah. That was supposed to happen when I said down the tubes. If we had but you a, can't multitask. No, no, I was talking. I was waving my arms. I'm playing hurt today, Rick. I, I got the – I'm ill. I don't feel well. I got the medicine head. I got too much going on here. So I might just sit back and let you do this. You're drunk. Well, there's a little bit of that, too. And and I'm you know I just I don't know what to tell you because I'm in my own own little funk I can't yeah you you got so. issues you got issues huh? but anyway I I hope something goes not so wrong to where it becomes a permanent issue but wrong enough to where we have a good story for the show <laughs> next week like if it goes well it's not worth discussing right if it goes horrifically bad it might be in poor taste so I'm rooting for fifty fifty right in the middle something goes just wrong enough to be funny. I'd rather just have no story because well, I would. don't really want any more. You would, but it's not about nonsense. you, Rick. It's about the show. It's about our listeners, and it's about the fakepigskin.com. That's what it is about. Well, when it gets to this personal of a level, <laughs> I could tell you what to do with all of those people you just mentioned. <laughs> it is a pretty intimate level. I'll grant you that. All right, Rick, let's hop over week two takeaways. I'll let you start this show. What's your first takeaway from week two? Okay, I've got quite a few of them here, and um, I, I was going to start saying something. You brought up uh, Stefan Diggs, but um, one of the takeaways that I'm 
actually starting to get away, take away from so far this season. Stephon Diggs, he's the big play guy, but Adam Thielen is the go-to guy no matter who the quarterback is. He's got 14 receptions, over 200 yards, and not only that, he has five 20-plus yard receptions already. I mean, Adam Thielen's a real deal, and he's a he's. What a compliment to Diggs. Right. And it, it surprised me, and I, I'm glad you brought up that number because that was right what was rattling around my head when I was watching. Obviously, them playing the Steelers last week, that's the game I paid most attention to early on in the early session. And what I was surprised by, you look back in New Orleans and you almost feel like you throw away anything that happens against the New Orleans defense, right? But then you see it again next week. It's the chunks of yardage he's putting up on these plays. Right. He's, not, he's got 14 catches which is a lot, but he's not an 8, 9, 10, 11 catch guy that puts him in that elite category. But him being that number two, I don't know, is Diggs taking that much coverage or does this kid run routes that well? I don't know what it is. He's always open and he's busting them for big chunks. And this is a guy, he has made himself an every week flex start, if not a wide receiver two start at this point. And you get Sam Bradford back healthy. Thielen continues to do that. What does that do? Opens things up for Stephon right Diggs. Right now, he's downfield. And yeah, exactly. So, and with Cook there, I, I mean, they've got they've, they've got, got weapons. Now. Yeah, they've got everything there right now. Kyle Rudolph having a pretty good start of the year. Nothing great right now, but he but he's solid. He's doing what he does, and right. that's sort of who Kyle Rudolph. Every year, there's a, there seems to be a group of guys out there. I was one of them. I want to say two seasons ago that we want to turn Kyle Rudolph into Antonio Gates, into, right. into that type of run, uh, tight end. He's not that guy, but what you're doing, he's good in the red zone, he's got good hands, he's good on third down. They're starting to try to work Laquan Treadwell in. The, you know, the dynasty guy's really high on him. I don't think we're there yet, but you can see they have a lot of weapons, a lot of people to account for. But but feeling the chunk yardage he puts together is what really has been sticking out to exactly. me. Exactly. All right, first one for me, Rick. Seattle's offense has been so bad for the first two weeks, and panic is starting to set in. You could talk, you could say that about that entire division, except for the Rams. Right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> oddly enough, right? Yeah. Good luck predicting that. I'm going to tell you do not panic with Seattle. It feels like to me, we've had this conversation about three straight seasons. I don't know why they started out so slow. I don't know what it is. Russell Wilson was a guy. Was it last year or the year before? I was singing his praises. He was going to be a top-five quarterback. And he never got there, but for stretches at the end of the season, he did, and he played that way. For whatever reason, this happens in Seattle. When you play defense that well, if they get this running game sorted out a little bit, you worry about the offensive line. But I'm going to tell you this. My takeaway from this is go out while they're real cheap right now and buy some Russell Wilson, buy you some Doug Baldwin specifically. This offense is going to come back. For whatever reason, this is what Seattle does, and I am not panicked about them whatsoever. If they can get a run game established, and they've been loath to do that. We started know. to see it last week with you know the one guy we didn't talk about all offseason was Carson, right? We, we right. talked about Lacey. We talked about ProSize. We talked about Rawls. And here comes Carson. This tells you – are they going to stick with him beyond this week? I don't know. You know, it may well be Eddie Lacy. Now, you, you don't know, and that's the problem. They're sort of becoming New England in that realm, right? Is but, it the end of the line for Eddie Lacy? Oh, it has to be. Yeah, I, I, he just looks terrible. and I mean, he's hesitant. He doesn't hit the holes. 
you know, from what I've seen, a lot of times he doesn't even see the hole. Right. And, yeah, not taking, you know, not defending the offensive line, which has been pretty poor so far. But when other guys, Carson, for example, are having success, why there's no excuse that Eddie Lacy can't. I, I don't understand it how it goes away that quick. You know, young young in his career. You know, we made there's been so much talk and we have fun with it or whatever about his weight. And he might have came in there a couple years ago a lot bigger coming off the big year in Green Bay, but he was still just a big load when he was putting up big numbers there. I if it hadn't completely gone away in Green Bay, my argument would be and what I want to say is he benefited so much from having an Aaron Rodgers, and that offense just isn't that dynamic in Seattle. But it went away in Green Bay before, and that's why he ended right. up in Seattle. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what the problem is. We saw the talent this guy has, and with his size, he should be able to fill. Why I gave it half a thought, why I was somewhat excited about him going to Seattle he he brought you to mind of a Marshawn Lynch type. He doesn't have near the skill set. Reminds but me more of, of a Ron Dane story. Yeah, it could be that. It really does. I mean, big, powerful guy in college. Oh, he's going to be a beast in in the NFL. NFL's a lot faster. Right. Oh, you're going to have to lose some weight. Well, they try to lose weight, and now that takes away who they were. Yeah, and they didn't get and, any faster. No, and some guys just don't become anything more. Than what they were. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look at Dane. He was the same way. I mean, they thought it was Ahmad Bradshaw and Ron Dane were going to be this dynamic duo. I think it was Bradshaw, wasn't it? Was Bradshaw back to the Dane days? Maybe not. Well, could have been. I know Bradshaw was in with Tiki there at the end, wasn't he? Or was that after Tiki? I've lost track of my Green Bay running – or my Green Bay. Good yeah, Lord, my New York running back. Team, i got a NyQuil <laughs> mind right now. Bear yeah, I'd, I'd have to look at – I can't remember. But I remember there were there were two guys there. And why, why is my mind going black? And Bradshaw was the second guy. I think but it was Bradshaw and Dane, wasn't it? We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. But anyway, but if it's just not never true, could. email us, asylumfootballandgmail.com, and call us stupid yeah. as we try to figure that out. It isn't out. the first time. No, no. We, we do this quite frequently. It's kind yeah. of our bit. It's what we do. Yeah. Give me another I, takeaway, Rick. Let's move off this, try to save it while okay. we can. Okay. Through week two, the top passers in yardage are Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. <laughs> funny how that – Some things <laughs> never change. Yeah, funny how that straightened itself back out, huh? Through two weeks, the top rushers are Kareem Hunt, C.J. Anderson, and Delvin Cook. Some things do change. Yeah, and that's the position they do it. And I, I don't is this the place to talk about Le'Veon Bell? I actually had this sort of from a different angle, Rick, one of my takeaways, where, you know, the top-end fantasy running backs were all bad again in week two. Bell, Elliott, Gordon, McCoy, Howard couldn't get out of single digits by and large. I think McCoy was the only one who got out of single digits in yardage there. Do we think this is a permanent sort of Sean Alexander come out of nowhere? Is this just a slow start? You know, we might have to look at them all individually. What What do you make of all this? Well, I think you have to look at them individually. Le'Veon Bell, this is the price you pay for showing up on September 1st. That, that That's my take. Okay, it's simple as that? I, yeah, I, I really think so. And I think you're going to see a new Le'Veon Bell this week. And... Um, Obviously, he's a must-start anyway. But well, I, yeah. You yeah. know, but I, I really think you're going to see him starting to round into into game shape. Zeke, you, 
the take on Elliott, I, I really think that Dallas just got taken out of their game. They were just blasted. They were manhandled by by that uh, Bronco defense. And, and I think they'll be okay as well. And who was the other one you brought up? Yeah, McCoy had a terrible game. Well, Melvin Gordon rushing had a terrible I, game, but caught eight or nine balls. I don't think that there's a knock on McCoy, but the rest of the offense is terrible. And Tyrod Taylor really isn't doing anything to um, spark interest no. in covering the receivers and so forth either. So I Brandon think it may, Jacobs is the one yeah, you're Brand, thinking of with Ahmad Bradshaw. That's what it was. Not yeah. back to Ron Dane. Yeah, Ron Dane had a, had a yep. similar Ahmad Bradshaw yeah. back there, but it wasn't Ahmad Bradshaw. Was it? Was it Tiki? Could have been. Probably was. Yeah, that'd have been the right time for him. We gotta get away from that. We sound yeah. so stupid right now. Ah, who cares? That's what we do. That's yeah. our thing. What I mean, if you don't know about? we're stupid by now, then uh, it's on you, pal. Yeah. All right, so so move past that. So really you have no worry. You do worry about McCoy. He was sort of I think we both agreed when you looked at those first round running backs, he was he had the most bust potential, right? Just based on yeah. how poor that offense is, how poor Tyrod Taylor is in and his inability to stay healthy, I don't think through any fault of his own, through the just complete and total overwork, and he's been in the league for a minute or two. So, yeah, I guess you worry about that. He's a guy I sort of avoided unless you could really get him on the cheap like you did in the Caveman League. You got him at such a value you had no choice. Uh, I think Jordan Howard's the one you do have to talk about, though. Really. Yeah, that, I think that may be for real. That may be the real deal right there. Well, he's banged up. Chicago has no weapons, and – they're starting to find out that they have another guy. Right. So, you know, Mr. Cohen's looking pretty doggone good. And when the other guy's banged up, why don't you go with the healthy guy who's producing? Right. I mean, to be stubborn to try to stay with your guy using the air quotes, all you're going to do is beat him up anyway. Well, I think what it was, outside of putting up great numbers, which was obvious what Jordan Howard did last year, he became a three-down back. He's not that now. Because you look at, at Cohen's rushing numbers, he's done nothing running the ball, but all he does is go out and catch eight balls a game. You know, We've seen that through the preseason and through weeks one and two. That's where that's where he's going to be used. So Jordan Howard is not going to be on the field near as much as he was last year. And a team that we're assuming is going to spend most of the season down, you know, read Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles, right? They're going to spend most of their time in deep holes. That's going to continue limiting Jordan Howard's opportunities. So I think when you look at Jordan Howard, maybe what we got last year was a little bit of fool's gold to begin with. I think we can see that. Plus you take the fact that he's going to see less, I think, than half the snaps, half the opportunities he had last year. Yeah, that's got bust written all over it. Because if you're looking at Terry Cohen in a a, uh, standard league, I think that's foolish. But in a PPR, this is a guy you have got to have squeezed into your flex each and every week because he's demonstrated with no running with, with no wide receivers there with no dynamic playmakers in that offense except for Cohen they are going to get the ball in his hand every opportunity they can I agree 100%. which is going to keep Jordan Howard on the sideline healthy banged up running well not running well it doesn't matter they're going to be down 20 at the half and it's going to be the Cohen show from there on right after. I agree Okay, give me another takeaway. I gave you all three that I had, Rick. Okay, well, I'm going to give you one more as we part through this and fly through. And it's it's just an observation, but I'll tell you what, Oakland, Denver, and Kansas City, 
that AFC West is Ooh. loaded, and they are going to be forces to be reckoned with, I think. Yeah, I don't think Oakland comes as no surprise, right? This is the one we all predicted to right. win that division. Kansas City, I don't think it's a surprise. That, they were a bit of a surprise to me, as I talked about in the preseason, how many games they had won with basically, at least statistically, a mediocre defense middle of the pack, 20th, 21st, something like that. And an offense that wasn't spectacular either, yet they won, what was it, 11 games? They just win yeah. games. And But now this, so far in week two, they're a pretty dominating team. Yeah, and and I don't see it. The, the defense is playing really well. Number two, that building is one of the few left in the NFL that's a true home field advantage, right? You don't go in there and win very often. Alex Smith has demonstrated the ability to win a game if he has to or manage a game when he has to. What they're doing with Hunt in a running game. Doesn't he look like just wearing that 27 reminds you of Larry Johnson? You know, I hope he doesn't take the same trajectory where it's two years burning bright and then just completely burns out. But, but boy, he's just a guy early on in that game. He was getting, he was, he was struggling a little bit. Couldn't, wasn't putting up numbers. I'm monitoring that. I'm getting ready for the big monologue on this show about how, you know, you got to watch out. This is why you don't go crazy for something like this. And then just boom, 53 yards. Although I did see the coolest, what do they call it? A meme, meme, what the hell do they call it on Twitter? Where somebody <laughs> took the time to superimpose Rick. The hole he ran through on that 53-yard touchdown. In the hot, the headline was: Look, four Kareem Hunts could have run through that hole, and they superimposed him hitting the hole, and it was across. The hole was so big, <laughs> four of him fit in there <laughs> to cut across. So, but if that offensive line's going to keep doing that, Hunt's going to keep doing that as well. He's the real deal, at least for this year. For whatever reason, you go back to Larry Johnson, go back to Priest Holmes. They only do it two or three years in Kansas City, and then completely fizzle out. Jamal Charles, same yeah, thing. Jamal Charles, right? So yeah. enjoy this wave so I think that team's a force to be reckoned with the real surprise to me is Denver we know what that defense is they've played two home games but what Trevor Simeon is doing wow just wow yeah no kidding I mean it's uh you know so far he's got what oh 450 passing yards which is you know you look at it on the surface ah 225 yards a game nothing there but he's got six passing touchdowns and, uh, you know, he's moving the ball. He, he can rush the ball when he needs to. He's got another rushing touchdown. Um, he's going to have to be a little more careful. He's still got a couple of picks and a fumble loss. So, I mean, you know, three turnovers. But I see what you mean. He has – he's taken that team over. Right. And, and you can see the trust from veterans and, and the young guys alike. This guy, He's our guy now. And that makes them a very dangerous team with that defense. Yeah, and you can't set aside four touchdowns, but for the purpose of this conversation, I'm going to set aside those four touchdowns as the anomaly. We're not going to see that again or too many more times from him. But he is that classic game manager. He's not making the big mistakes. He's finding ways to move the ball. He's moving the chains. They have a good run game. C.J. Anderson looks really good early on. You know, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders are doing what they always did, irregardless of who the quarterback right. was, but he's got the acumen, he's got the arm, and he's got the ability to keep that offense moving. And if they have any semblance of an offense with that defense, that's a playoff team there in Denver. So that is going to be a lot of fun to watch going down the stretch later on in the year. Yeah, and if teams aren't careful, 
both wild cards are coming out of that that division. It's more than likely, it's gonna, very possible. It's, it's, look at the other divisions. I yeah, I mean, you know, with the so, with the Baltimore, Pittsburgh, there's obviously legitimate contenders there. I don't see many contenders in the South except the division champion, right. and basically the same in the East. Haven't seen enough of Miami to really get a fix for them. But the other two, forget about it. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, so. It, it's Denver, Kansas City, and right now Baltimore, Pittsburgh, however you want to look at yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, whatever order you want, that's yep. where they come in. All right, Rick. Well, let, before we get to the game balls and socks, I wanted to get your thought on something. In the last two weeks, Rick, in mm-hmm. the last two weeks on the Twitters, I'm on there, and I've seen Martellus Bennett, Odell Beckham, and LeGarrette Blunt here just as recently as yesterday send out tweets saying, I do not care about your fantasy team. I have real football to play. Leave me the hell alone or some variation right. thereof. And, of course, fantasy people, even fantasy fantasy fans, I understand, but, but fantasy people who do what we do of very high regard are losing their minds offended by this. I'm curious what your take on that is. It's look. I get to a point what they're saying, but let's also remember that fantasy football has literally brought billions, most likely now, to the NFL, which translates to what big contracts. You're right. Right. You know, higher ticket prices because the interest is there. Um. So. And let's face it, it's a it's a fact of life now. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like me tweeting out, "I don't like people on cell phones." Well, you know what? This is this is life now. Okay. And it's not going away. Fantasy football is an integral part of the whole web of the machine called the NFL. And for them to do that, it it basically just alienates them. Especially when you have a guy like Martellus Bennett who probably had four drops in the last right. game, and Legarrette Blunt didn't even have a carry. Yeah, I mean, what are you worried about? You might as well have stuck in a lineup. Yeah, we're we're gonna get to that. <laughs> Here's my issue with it. I'm fully. Oh, go ahead. And before I'm done, and don't get me wrong, when you get these cretins. <laughs> that play fantasy football and actually think that I'm going to tweet Martellus Bennett and tell him how disappointed I am because he only had two catches and 15 yards. <laughs> I get that. I don't care about that stupid team either. Right, exactly. You know, and I don't care about his opinion of me. I'm out there trying to win a game for Green Bay. So, yeah, I get that. Don't get me wrong. And But if, if it bothers you so much – you know, you can scroll down. We've ignored many derogatory oh. tweets towards us because we're mean and hateful people. But well, and uh, the numbers are just so great that to respond to them all would be a Herculean task. Well, yeah, the percentage of nice tweets as opposed to, but I I get both sides of it. It's just kind of childish to go out of your way to say I don't care about your fantasy football team. I'm a realist. That's the line right there that will infuriate people. Look, everybody's not an NFL player. They play fantasy football for something to do, to forget. Forget about these rabid 
you know, and I'm going to pay homage to the late Bobby Heenan. Ooh, the, okay. These arrogant humanoids that actually <laughs> live for for their team and actually think everybody ought to be living and dying with their ulcer over their crummy fantasy football team. I get all that, but roll with it. You yeah. know, I guess I can see that. I am taking the players' side here completely and 100%. I really am. Just think about it. You know, everything you say, and this is the argument made by a lot of the big-name folks in this industry, you know, maybe even slightly bigger than us, if that's believable. There's some guys out there, right? <laughs> Surely. And they make, the, they make the exact same point you did, right? That fantasy football has brought a whole new interest to the league. It's brought billions, you know, it's a billion-dollar industry now, right. bringing that many eyeballs to the product. My thought on that is I agree with all that. I think as the individual player, that's not their concern. That, that's meaningless to them. What do they care, oh, right? Of course it's meaningless. It, it's so down the road for Odell Beckham to think about what it means for the Shield, right? He doesn't care about that. So as I look at it from the player's perspective, all right, so we'll, we'll get to the tweeting part later because you said something that dovetails right into what my point was going to be about that. But you look at it from the player's perspective. You look at it from Odell Beckham's perspective. He's sitting there dealing with a high ankle sprain, trying to get back, right? And he's got jagaloons tweeting him all day long, you need to get back, you're killing my fantasy team. You need to – you dropped that ball. I needed one point to win my fantasy game. We know, as realists, we know he doesn't care. We know Martellus Bennett right. yeah. doesn't care. But there are people in this world, oh, I don't think they get it. I think they really thought they were going to shame Odell Beckham into performing better because they cost them $7 in their FanDuel League, right? Right. I, I mean, so the, the narcissism involved. Oh, so here's I what you it. have. You have raving narcissists tweeting mad narcissists because how narcissistic is an Odell Beckham or any NFL player? You know, the arrogance you have to have to be a star and to get uh, obtain the level of success they did. So you got narcissists attacking bigger narcissists about absolute BS. I can see the player finally getting to the point and saying, you know, you shut up, you geek. You work the overnight shift at the 7-Eleven and, and you watch porn half the night. This is what you do for a living. Look at what I'm doing. What I do matters. You Shut up. Leave me alone. I completely get that. And so to your point where your line was is, well, why engage them, right? You know, this is the new world we live in. You have to understand as an NFL player slash celebrity, this goes with the territory. You know, like your point your point about, you know, I don't like how people use a cell phone. Well, accept that that's the world we live in now, right? Well, the world we live in also is that these players are 20-somethings, Rick, who grew up in this, and their first reaction is to fire back out there. So, so enough with it. Leave these guys alone. If you ever tweet an NFL player complaining about your fantasy team, you should be shot. Not, are you, <laughs> not that you're a loser, not that you're a bad person. We should gather you up, put you in a room, and shoot you. This is what we should do. No, they do not care. I think we should strap them to tackling dummies. We, we could do that, to whatever you want to do. Some type no, of. No, I agree with horrible, everything you say. If physical harm should players, come to you. If you're tweeting players. <laughs> complaining about that yes that that's just totally absurd you know here's a clue they don't care right and so quit it let's take it the next step further because this conversation it's funny we're talking about odell beckham he seems to be the lightning rod for this but you but you also have to realize remember the boat last year right rick 
Remember the boat? The Giants were down in Miami on the boat before the playoff game, and everybody was losing their mind. There was a story about Odell Beckham before week one where he was, you know, he's got this bum ankle, but he was out dancing with Kanye West or I don't know, one, one of those R&B guys. What are you doing here? Is this what you're trying to do? You drive me nuts yeah. with it. Good. <laughs> Stay away from that machine. Well, I, I can't say it because you're a hog. Stay away from it no. because you're just over here mashing. Up. I'm so <laughs> that was him, not me. <laughs> this is what happened when Rick plays it. But anyhow, so all of these things, here's what you have to understand. Why are they still clapping? What? <laughs> I don't know. Good Lord, that thing's like 19 minutes long. Any odds? I know it's a good point, but everybody relax a little yeah. bit here. We do have a big studio audience. So here's the thing. You as the fan, as the sycophant, be it fantasy football or even general NFL fan, you care about the outcome of this and the optics of this way more than any of these players do. Right? All the guys, they shouldn't be out partying during the week. They make these millions of dollars. They can do whatever they, they want. shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do that. Stop this. Stop this. This is their job. And what do you right. do after your job? You go drink beer. You go to the comic book store and watch anime porn. This is what you do. They go hang out on boats. They go to bars. Why they go you, dancing with rap. Everybody is like this you. is what why, this is what the nerds why do, you do. Think everybody's a pervert with, like you. with the tentacles and the anime <laughs> this is what they do i i know things but, Rick. but for nfl players um you know if somebody really gets under your skin okay somebody got under our skin one time true because we were having a little f- having fun well people hate with, us to have fun yeah they don't like playing it. with jije's name yeah you know, come up with a – what do they have them on Twitter? Mims or Mems? Mems, Memes. You know, well, gifts, we, ha- we gifts, have a sound bite. Okay. Ajayi. You can use that. Yes. Open forum to any NFL player. Yeah. Just throw that back yeah, just at go, anybody I-J-E. who's bothering you. Just send that back Ajayi. But just stop it. Leave these guys alone. Ajayi. No, they don't care about your fantasy team. And you want a dirty little secret? I probably shouldn't say this because I do a fantasy football show where I answer your questions. I don't care about your fantasy team. If you ask me directly, I care. I take pride in what we do. But whether or not you win or lose, because I want everybody to win, right? Or I want everybody to lose that I'm playing. So nobody cares about your fantasy team. So go to work. Shut up. Don't talk about it there. Don't go to the bar. That chick at the end of the bar doesn't care about your fantasy team. Everybody, this needs to you know, stop. That's that's a thing I wanted to bring up. All you right. ever notice all the NFL commercials? <laughs> yeah, well, not necessarily NFL commercials, but – during football games, be it a beer commercial, food commercial, whatever. There's always this huge, diverse crowd of men and women, (laughs) and they're rabid fans. I've yet to meet a rabid woman fan. I've met a few, but it's 1%. I mean, no, no, no offense meant, but it just seems like you know that they just don't get as worked up as men. Well, no, they're smarter. Well, well yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about yeah. that. I mean, I think I mean they're fans and they'll watch it and they'll root, but then they actually have their priorities straight in life, like you know, like raising, clothe the yeah, children, raising their children and stuff. Right. Which is why the warden's upstairs cleaning the house, cooking <laughs> dinner, and helping my daughter with her homework, while I sit down here Ajayi. and watch the NFL on four different screens on a Sunday with my hand down the front of my pants, <laughs> playing with Look, your eyes. Who's, who's 
the better person? Yeah. I may be happier, but let's be honest about who the better person here is, right? Well, I think that goes without saying. <laughs> All right. I, that, that sort of went in a direction I fully didn't expect. But uh, that, that's the asylum. If you're new on fakepigskin.com, welcome to the asylum, my friends. All right, Rick, it's time you start us off with... Rainball goes to... I wonder if they could hear that. That seemed a little quiet. Let's try it again. Rainball goes to... That's better. C.J. Anderson. Uh, you stole my top one. All right, I'll give you another one. Well, no, you can have it. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, there's just nothing to say. It was just a monster game, and I was glad. And it was against a pretty good defense. And I was glad to see his basically uh, – hopefully it's a coming out party for C.J. Anderson because a lot of expectations for him and what Denver needs sorely is a good right. running game. And I'll tell you what, they get him cranking – that is a tough football team. Yeah, if he does remotely, you know, I think last right. week was the anomaly. You're looking at what, 118 and a touch, three for 36 and another touch. You're not going to put up those numbers every week, obviously. But if he is that big of a threat in the running game and in the passing game, that's where you see Trevor Simeon continue to improve and continue to run that offense as well as he has with that much of a threat of a running game. Dovetailing off of that, the stinky sock goes to me, for who had him on the bench in his 36 <laughs> points when I lost by two and a half points in the Caveman League. So big stinky sock to me. But C.J. Anderson, this is exciting to see. And what I think it is, for the first time, this job's been completely turned over to him. Remember when everybody was on this bandwagon, was it 2015, Rick, right, that he was going right. in the top ten, I believe, and we fought against it. It's never that the skill set wasn't there. Ronnie Hillman was still around. Yeah, and, and Booker was the next yeah, big thing. They'd bring a guy out of the beer tent and come down and give him six carries. You know, it seems to be now, you know, Booker's banged up. We'll see what happens when Booker comes back because they are working Jamal Charles in a lot more than I expected them to do. But really, for the first time, this is C.J. Anderson's gig and. Peyton Manning isn't there, so nobody they're not letting Trevor Simeon throw the ball 40 times a game, right? They're going to try to establish this run. He is the guy. He almost can't help but succeed. Let's, let's be serious. That's what I do best. C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles stay healthy. Do you really think Booker's going to get any no, time on no. that field? No. He looks so We're, bad when they handed that over to We don't have to see him. what kind of playing time he's going to get if these two guys are healthy. Because I'll tell you what, C.J. Anderson – is coming into his own, and like you said, he's the guy. And, boy, when he needs a blow, boy, isn't it nice to have Jamal Charles. Yeah. Who's healthy. Maybe not Jamal Charles of three years no, he's ago. He's a shell of what he was, but he's still a, a reasonable NFL he's running back. He's a shifty back. runner, and he can right. catch passes. Right, exactly. And that's what they need. So he's almost the perfect change of pace guy right. here at this point in his career. All right, Rick, obviously I had Tom Brady. I, I don't want to waste time talking about that. Carson Wentz is exciting. Maybe we'll get into that later. I'm going to give a game ball to Keenan Allen. Just, just nice to see. Nine catches, 100 yards. He's back, baby. He is a huge target hawk. We talked so much about Hunter Henry, about Williams, about Inman, about all these guys in the offseason. You know what, Rick? And we should have known this, and this should have been the – if Keenan Allen's healthy, it's him, then him, 
then him, then Gates, then Henry, then Keenan Allen again, Rick. And that's what this offense is going to be. And now you have Melvin Gordon catching passes, you know, squeezes Tyrell Williams even further down now that Melvin Gordon, you know, that awful game running. And who would have ever thought we'd see the day where Melvin Gordon caught nine balls in a game, right? So that's the way this offense is going. But when Keenan Allen's healthy, he is the first look on that offense, and he looks every bit the player he was two years ago. He does, but they need – they need to spread it out a little more to Benjamin and Williams, I think. Because, let, let's face it, they're 0-2. I mean, they're competitive, but they're not scoring a ton of points. And I, I think they're going to have to even it out a little bit. Well, this is their bit, though. They get it within a field well, goal and miss a field well, goal at the end of regulation. For about right. two straight years now, this has been their bit, and it continues this season. All right, I'm going to give a game ball wide receiver. I'm going to give it to J.J. Nelson. Yeah, He's the about, only receiver on the Cardinals that could get open and basically save them from losing to at least one of the worst three teams in football. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, because you have to throw the Jets in there right. and whoever. But, you know, J.J. Nelson, five catches, a buck, 20, and a touchdown. Like I said, single-handedly saved the cards. Did uh, did my boy Larry Fitzgerald, and I hope the answer's no, but I'm afraid it's not. Has he hit the wall a little bit? Is it over? Or is this just whatever weird thing's going on with Carson Palmer and that whole deal? We're going to talk about Palmer later on in the game. Um, I don't know. I, as good as he looked from reports and training camp, this arm strength and blah, 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 he's a veteran and – He's going for this could be his last rodeo. He sure looks like he got trampled by the bull, doesn't he? Yeah. He just doesn't look good. Look, they took a a blow with David Johnson, but, you know, I was talking to someone today. Mid-August, if you were drafting your fantasy football team and you were targeting a starting running back from Kansas City, it was Spencer Ware. Right. Okay. Kareem Hunt wasn't even the starter. No. All right? You tell me why, if David Johnson can be such a monster running the football, you tell me why in the world, why somebody on that team can't run the football. If there's holes, if David Johnson can't, why can't these guys? Chris Johnson is a shell of himself right. and doubled the output of these other two clowns yeah. with half the carries. Well, you know, when we talked about it last week, it's – the skill set, and I think they built that running game, obviously, around David Johnson. So, and you have Kerwin Williams who can slam, you know, in relief if you need a yard, he can slam it in there between the tackles. You have Ellington who can work the ball in space. They sort of have specialties, right? Neither one of them are a starting running back, and that's why you bring in an 84-year-old Chris Johnson, and he's still a better option than what you have in town. It's just the way they it, built that team. It's, it's situational when David Johnson needs a blow, which is not all that frequent unfortunately until he gets hurt it's it seems a, appalling to me that a professional organization you mean tell me you can't switch things up a little bit to work these guys in to to enhance their skill set oh this is what we do we hand off there to david johnson and that's what we're going to do to andre ellington and now we can't do we can't run because david johnson gets off and andre ellington can't i mean that just sounds stupid <laughs> Well, when you say it like that, it does. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how they would say it out in Arizona. Maybe they would. I don't know. I'm not familiar with their front office staff. But I do like that impression. You use that impression for just about everybody, and I like it. Everybody that annoys me It stupidly. sounds like, uh, oh, what's his name from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. 
Yeah, that's the voice it sounds like. The big guy. Oh. Big lurch looking guy. Yeah. Robert. Robert. Yeah, Robert. Robert. Yes. Robert. Robert. But that, that's your Robert Raymond. voice. <laughs> I like it. All right, Rick, that's enough of that. Let's get to. Stinky socks, Rick. I'm going to start this show. This one's obvious, but you got to give it to him. Lee Garrett Blunt, Rick, exactly as many yards as you had last week and only six more times on the field than you had last week. What do we make of this? Who knows? Doug Peterson, it was just situational the way the game was going. You can't tell me. That game stayed close the whole way right. through. There wasn't more than six opportunities to get LeGarrette Blunt on the field when you had Darren Sproles on the field for 50 yeah. You heard me. Makes Fitty. no Fitty. sense. And it and it comes back to I was watching the Oakland game. First and goal on the three. Boom, Lynch. Down he went. Boom, Lynch. Down he went. Boom, Lynch. Score. Laguerre Blunt can get those tough yards for you. Right. Why isn't he on the field more? We talked about it all off season, Rick, and I, I held to it. And a lot of people oh, backed agree. off of it, and, and you were you were in my camp on this when we we were in full agreement. For whatever reason, we have seen it in Legarrette Blunt's career. It only worked in New England. It only worked there. I I have I would be not surprised at all if he does just what he did what three or four years ago in Pittsburgh, where he just walks off the field in the middle of the game, and then in the during the post game press conference, you see him walk behind Bill Belichick back into the building. Right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, they have Gillisley to do that. But honestly, for whatever reason, it only works there. And and there's few offenses like New England who are willing to, and you talked about it with Marshawn Lynch, we don't see this in the NFL anymore, where it's first and goal inside the one where they're willing to just turn around and hand it off four times. That's still your best play, but ah, we're running sprint option right. and all this nonsense. for whatever. He's just not a fit in Philadelphia. When you see Darren Sproles getting on the game 50 times on the field 50 times in a close game, that tells you that's the kind of offense they want to run. They want that speed out there, small wood. Well, Garrett Blunt doesn't fit into the way they're running that offense right now, and he's not going to. He's going to come out of this year maybe with four touchdowns, Rick, because that's just not who they are and how they play football. It sure doesn't look like it. That, that's for sure. All right, my stinky sock. Go- you like that button. I do really enjoy that. Goes to a whole array of people. Oh, all right. Then. The giant offensive line and Paul Perkins. How pathetic is that Giants team in general? But, yeah, that. As bad as Eli played, to his credit, he's running for his life most of the evening. Paul Perkins can get – I don't know if he can get fewer yards per carry other than going backwards. Yeah, and that's probably next on his hit list, right? <laughs> could be. Try this. The offensive line's horrifying. Paul Perkins is not – he's not a starting running back. I'm he can't sorry. create for himself. No, he can't. Eli Manning is playing horrible. And quite frankly, this defense is pretty decent. But they just can't keep him in games, no. considering the offense can do absolutely nothing. So, big old stinky sock to yeah. that giant offensive line. Well, and you look at it, game. And, and, and can you blame them on, you know, Brandon Marshall deserves a stinky socks two weeks in a row. I know this, right. that that's your boy, two catches in two weeks. I mean, that, that whole thing is just a mess. And then, you know, it starts to infect things. Like, look, we, we have a, everybody has a lot of fun at Eli Manning's 
expense. This this cat's won two Super Bowls, and here he is on Monday Night Football in a game that wasn't completely out of reach, and takes a freaking delay a game penalty inside yeah. the one on right. fourth and goal. I mean, just things. It's a total. I don't know. If, does a stinky sock go to McAdoo? I don't know what the hell is going on in New York. But how about this? Let's give a stinky sock two to the NFL. Can we get New York off of prime time? Look, I know you want Odell Beckham on prime time. I get that. But this team is so they, they were boring when they were good, quite frankly. Other than Odell Beckham, yeah, antics. and, and, and to, now they can't play football. And so. note to NFL: the Jets aren't a better alternative. No. So no. just forget about just, New York. Just forget for a about while. the New York market. And hey, how about forget about the LA market too? I I slapped my knee. I remember oh, what show was I on? It, it was a friend of ours, uh, the the professor or who who, who the heck. Uh, Oh, he was on our network for a while. Rick, help me out here. Um, the Inscriber Network. He was. Oh, on. Nick Ficarelli, Nick the Ficarelli. Mad Scientist. I was on his sh- Mad Scientist. That's who. Yeah. What it. What it was. But when they first started talking about this a couple of years ago, I was on his show, and I went on one of my. I think I was pretty lubed up at the time, if you know what I mean. And I went on my one of my rants about how they don't care about the NFL. I get that they're a good TV market, but that's a college town. You can move one, two, or fifteen teams there. They're not going to show up. And here I am, Rick, vindicated this week. Where did you see this meme, MMA, GIF, GIF, whatever the hell it is, <laughs> on there where they it's showed a picture that moves around, right? Yeah, where they showed whatever that soccer stadium is the Chargers are playing in, the Coliseum and what their attendance was, and it didn't add up to what USC's attendance was at the Coliseum the night before. Enough with this. I get through the big TV markets, so push your advertising that way. You don't need all these teams. You know what the sad part is? They'd have filled that stadium in San Diego. Oh, yeah, it would have been full. It would have been a dump, but it would have been full. Yeah, but the point is they could have built a stadium in San Diego. It's a beautiful place. Right. People love And you talk about there's too much to do in Southern California. San Diego loved the Chargers. Right. They supported the Chargers. Yeah, too bad. The old, there we go, flip them off. We're going to L.A. Right. Isn't that great? Well, the Raiders are back in Oakland. Remember that. And you know what? They're going to sell it out every other week. For a few years, when they build that new ridiculous spaceship, they're going to play in because it's a scene, man, right? And that's what they really care about. L.A. is a scene. I don't think the Chargers will sell it out. The Rams will for a year or two, but then we're going to be right back where we were. <laughs> we're going to have this palace out there that I don't know. They're just going to play Olympic sports in it or something or USC games. They just don't care. I thought that was so funny. You have two games. You can't sell out a thirty thousand seat stadium. What was it? Thirty seven thousand and I. I think there were 5,000 empty seats for an NFL football game. Shame on you, NFL. Shame on you. Well, you take a a team that was in a city that has, what, the Padres, basically it. Right. You know, and and the Chargers. The Chargers have been there since 61 or 60, whenever the AFL started. Okay. They have a history. They love this team. Well, they don't. They don't have any history of the Chargers. No, no. They've had the Rams a couple of times. They've had the Raiders. You know, now we have the Chargers. It doesn't matter to them. It and it's just a. It's a college football. It's town. a Spanish pipe dream to think that LA is going to support two football teams. Let I mean one football team, let alone two. Yeah, it's just. 
It's a college football town. UCLA, USC are going to sell out. It's a basketball town, right? Well, not the, only that, but look at the student body numbers at these colleges. Well, that, that's fair, too. You know. yeah, those colleges are bigger than most towns in, the, in this country. So, I know that has nothing to do with anything. It's just something, something that But made it doesn't me matter. We want to rant, we will. It's what we do. Welcome to the asylum here on Fake Pay. Easy on the equipment there, pal. That's a very expensive console you're pounding on. <laughs> yeah, tough. <laughs> All right, one more stinky sock for me, Rick, and we're going to move on to the game. I'm going to give it to deservedly or not i'm going to give it to christian mccaffrey i'm getting a little nervous here with what kareem hunt's doing with what dalvin cook's doing i'm having trouble putting christian mccaffrey where i own him on the bench because he's getting so much opportunity eight carries only 10 yards pathetic four catches 34 yards so he's involved a lot they're running this offense through him but the numbers just aren't there be it a cam newton problem be it an offensive line i don't know what the problem is there but he is so involved he's on the field so often yet he's just not producing the numbers rick yeah and and you look at carolina they're the number one defense in the league obviously they've given up six points albeit it's sandy or san francisco and buffalo that they played the first two games still tough to do no matter who you're playing. They're 25th overall offense. They're 18th in the league in rushing, 96.5 yards a game rushing. You know, that's deceiving because even though he's not rushing near as much, you're still getting some yardage with Cam's legs. Right. And, you know, I, I agree with you. McCaffrey needs to be at least 85, 90 yards a game. Right. Something like that. Well, and, and I would think, too, you look at the, the offensive struggles they have. They have Kelvin Benjamin, but I don't think he set himself apart, Rick, as an elite wide receiver. Devin Funches, they got him involved a little bit. Now you take Greg Olson out. Why in the hell, and I'd have bet anything, Rick, if nothing else in a PPR league, why in the hell isn't Christian McCaffrey catching eight or nine balls a game like a Cohen or hell like a Melvin Gordon's doing, right? I mean, I, I, I want to put this on Cam Newton. Maybe the stinky sock goes to him. But he's just he's involved in so many plays. They're running plays specifically for him, and the numbers just aren't there. And I'm starting to – I know it's only been two games, but I'm starting to really wonder if they're going to get there. Well, time will – I mean, I think week three is setting up at least to find out if he can. Because, I mean, they got to be licking their chops looking for the New Orleans defense. Right. So, if I think if he's capable – you know, Buffalo's got a decent defense. Uh, I don't really know how good yet, but it, it, it's kept them in – it's won them a game against the pitiful Jets. And they only gave up nine points to Carolina. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a knock in a Carolina offense or maybe a little nice performance by the Buffalo defense. Right, probably somewhere in between. Probably. So, but go, we know what the New Orleans defense right. is about. Yeah, so maybe And we it's... need to see a breakout of basically Cam Newton, Calvin Benjamin – and McCaffrey. Yeah, and without Olsen, all these guys, exactly. Benjamin and McCaffrey, you should be see better numbers from. All right, Rick, anybody else you want to yell at or is it no. time to play the game? All I'm right, Rick. Done it is time for. Well, Pat Sajak would be awful upset with that one. Fact or fiction. I don't think you can hear it over the music, but that's all right. 
Rick's Vanna. Vanna fade that out. All right, Rick. Here we go. Vanna tripped. That's why she's a little late getting well, the music. What? She's got to be 80-ish now, right? Sort of pushing that somewhere. All right, Rick. You see it? it yeah, game's I real see simple. It. Look, I'm going to ask. Fiction. Just see when I can see the. You don't have to put your finger through it. Just lightly touch it. When I can see the board, I can do it. Or fix it. See, see. Notice how I didn't go. Get on with the question. Oh yes. Okay. Rick, fact or friction? Chris Ajayi. (laughs) See, it still took you three times to push that. (laughs) Fact or fiction, my friend? Chris Carson has taken over Seattle as Seattle's top running back option. I think there's no question about it. Rawl certainly isn't the guy. We've seen enough of him. We talked about it at Eddie Lazy before. I think it's the end of the line for him. And, you know, I don't think ProSize, I just don't. He's a nice change of pace, third down guy, but he's not the starting running back. And I think it's Carson. You know, Ray, I, I disagree with that a little bit, only based on this. I think from a skill set standpoint, that's an easy argument to make. <laughs> Think of what you just beat on that thing all day. I gotta get you your own. You know, something with actual buttons. You know, you know, not something I'm screen. starting to think about. You know how like um vampires they don't have a reflection right. in the mirror? Sorry, I'm starting to think maybe I'm not real. I keep yeah. hitting this thing and nothing happens. Well, you're eighty percent dead, so maybe you know, it's just you know, whatever spirit you have isn't enough to it's not registering the touch screen, right? You I mean better I hope I don't die. Because if I do, you'll never get rid of me. <laughs> oh yeah, if you die here and you're just floating around, oh, because you know I believe in ghosts. I know I'd terrorize you. I would have so much fun in the afterlife. <laughs> It'd it be he? miserable. I can't stand you alive, let alone dead with extra power. That'd be a freaking nightmare. <laughs> I don't even like to think about it. What the hell are we talk, Chris Carson? That's right. Here's the deal. My concern is we have seen what Chris Carson did last week from Thomas Rawls. We've seen it from C.J. Procise in this offense, and we saw it a whole lot from Eddie Lacy two seasons ago, three seasons, whatever it was. What my concern is, when you have that many guys that are pretty close, that have a demonstrated ability to do it, if you go into a first quarter and Chris Carson's first six carries go for seven yards and Thomas Rawls is healthy and Procise are healthy, somebody's going to step in and then they're going to do this, right? And then they're going to be the starter the next week. I just don't know if any one of them, and for the purposes of this question specifically enough, Carson is good enough, is strong enough, is that much of a difference maker as a player to give himself that gap between himself and Rawls. And we can throw Lacey out of this conversation to create that gap between Rawls and between himself and Procise to where I think you see both of those guys pop their heads up and we have them in a factor fiction that week. That's my concern with Carson. Time will tell. There's no doubt about that. And, and let's face it, you're the one that said don't worry about the Seattle offense. That's the whole problem they've been such a notoriously slow starting team as of late the last couple of years they've got to get the ground game going and and i think it relies on one guy quite frankly and i think it's going to end up being carson maybe i just i I don't trust it i i I just i don't trust it I, i is it carson or is it the seattle offense 
it's it's the coach, it's the offense, it's Seattle, it's what they've done since. Pete Carroll Mar- doesn't care about your football. Exactly, game. it's right. what they've done since your boy yeah. Marshawn Lynch has walked out. Right, it's just there hasn't been that one guy. It's Rawls for a little bit. It's the next guy for yeah. a little bit. It's the next guy for a little bit, and nobody's established themselves as a clear number one. Kind of gives you an indication of how good Lynch. Yeah. Is, is and was, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I'm just about that action, boss. Well, we, well, we, we know, know that, that brother. No doubt about that, They could that, use buddy. a little more than that in Seattle. All right, Rick, fact or fiction? DeAndre Hopkins, this is a two-parter. I don't know how this works in fact or fiction, but we're going to try I'll, it. Well, there'll be two sounds. Perhaps. Okay. I, okay. I think one depends on the other. I might have screwed this up. Anyhow, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins will maintain his torrid pace of 15 targets per game. Let's start with that. For the love of God. (laughs) This is pathetic. Okay, I'm sitting, I have to let everybody know since this is audio. Since we have, we have. And uh, Fake Pigskin wants to know why we don't want to move this to a video content. Yeah, This is why. Well, we have a guy that that sets everything 20 feet away from me so he can conveniently see it. Well, because you can't push any of the buttons. There would be no sounds on this show if I let you be in charge of it. Then makes fun of old alligator arms that can't reach it. (laughs) Because I'm too fat and I can't get close enough to the table. You can reach it just fine, and then you pound on it like a gorilla at the zoo. <laughs> just touch me. the button. Watch. Touch it. Oh, look at that. Touch it. What? What? Oh, what? Just touch it. I don't know. All you got to do is touch it. I don't like that. It was too long. <laughs> See? Don't don't try to put your that fake gorilla finger through it. Oh, okay. What are we yes. talking about DeAndre Hopkins? He's going to have to be. There's nobody else, right? There isn't anybody else. All right, so before we expand on that, then the second part of the question, so I was hoping you'd answer yes, yeah. so this actually helps. Especially with Fedora was on IR. Yeah. Well, there's nobody. Not that there. he's great. Well, but was it Jalen Strong they released? I mean, yeah. so then any, any players they have are gone. So part two of this, if so, will this many targets eventually lead to better reception numbers, making him a true fantasy option? Not necessarily. Okay. It may, but not necessarily. If he's the only option, you know, until somebody like a J.J. Nelson emerges like in the Cardinals, look what they've been doing to Larry Fitzgerald, shutting him down. Right. Granted, he's not the same Larry Fitzgerald as Hopkins is now, you know, well, you know, past his prime. Right. But he's still – one of the better receivers in the league, and he has not been able to get anything as far as production done. Maybe with the emergence of J.J. Nelson and Carson Palmer actually seeing him and hitting him a couple of times might help out Larry Fitzgerald. But sooner or later, they'll double, triple team this guy. Yeah, and and that's sort of my thought. I, I honestly believe until Deshaun Watson gets a little better, which I think he will as the year goes on. The kid certainly has the tools. He's shown flashes of brilliance, and I think his running ability that he demonstrated in that 50-yard touchdown run last Thursday is something that's going to have to be accounted for where you can't just sell out on DeAndre Hopkins, right? So I think Watkins is going to get better, but Watkins. 
Well, yeah, yeah, Watson, not Watkins. What I worry about with Hopkins is I just start melding words together like an idiot. What I worry about with DeAndre is this 7 for 70 that he seems to be averaging is going to be a pretty common stat line, right? But Catching about 50% of them. He's going to make some yardage on his own like we saw. He's going to make some ridiculous catches. But for, right. to really put up anything as a number one fantasy receiver, even as a low-end number one, you're going to have to hope for him to get in the end zone. And that offense as it's constructed now, you're looking at a ceiling of six touchdowns for the year for him. So you're looking at this seven. That may for, be for the whole offense. Yeah, so you're looking at this seven for 70 as sort of the top end, sort of where you're aspiring to, which which is fine for your wide receiver three for a flex spot in a PPR, but for where you drafted him, what your expectations Expectations were not quite enough, and that's my concern. But I do agree with you. I think this 15 continues. I think if they do start triple-teaming him, he's going to see the ball come his way 15 times. Yeah, and, and it's just translated. He's a must-start no matter what. So <laughs> Yeah, you I mean, can't get it, caught it, with your pants down. No, exactly. And, and somebody may come alive. You know, they, they may settle down at the quarterback position. Somebody may actually emerge – you know, as as a legitimate target to take a little pressure off. You never saw I me. Mean, you know, week through week two, there's so many people. We'll get to the mailbag. They want to blow things up and panic. You can't do that yet. Right. You know, this is some of the trends that we're starting to see. It may change in two weeks for all we know. Oh, absolutely. Because God, I hope it doesn't continue on the trajectory it's right. been this year. It's been bad. It's been real bad. It's in, been in horrible. terms of fantasy numbers from a lot of folks. All right, Rick, no pressure. Let's see if we can get it on the first push this okay. time. All right, you ready? Fact or fiction, Le'Veon Bell will overcome his early season struggles and become the dominant force we've seen in the past. First shot. I'm proud of you, buddy. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, we talked about so that. No off- concern at all. None. No, we talked about that off air. I think um, actually the slow start doesn't concern me at all. In fact, it was quite expected in my book. That's the price you pay when you show up at September 1st. Right. In my mind, he's not, he wasn't in game shape, and it was painfully evident in the Cleveland game. And he still didn't have a great game against Minnesota. But, you know, let's not sell that defense in Minnesota short. That's one of the best defenses in the league. And, you know, they tried to stop the run game. They did it pretty well. It just they couldn't get anything going offensively. So, no, I think he's fine. I, I don't think you have to worry about it whatsoever. And you can tell, Rick, how the Steelers felt by looking at what the game plan shook out to be against Cleveland and then against Minnesota, how they felt about those teams as opponents. What what I mean is this. That offense has been so boring to watch. I actually had, and I didn't bring him up, I had Ben Roethlisberger down as a stinky sock just based on the numbers we saw even last week. We're nowhere near what you expect from a Ben Roethlisberger at home. I left that. It doesn't matter. My point is we haven't seen them open up the playbook. We haven't seen them game plan for two straight games. We saw a handful of runs to Le'Veon Bell, nowhere near the number he's going to see once they're comfortable that he's he's ready to go right. and he's in game shape. And in terms of the passing game, it's been dink, dunk, dink, dunk, then just heave it down the field 60 yards and see what happens, and they'll do that three or four times in a row. We know that's not the Steelers' offense. This is still sort of a preseason mode they've been in the first couple of weeks. 
I don't know when they flip the switch. I don't know when they're ready to go. I don't suspect it's this week against Chicago. It might be in week four. Isn't it week four? I think they have Baltimore. Yeah. I think they're actually targeting that as when the season begins for them, right? They almost wrote down three wins. They have the flexibility, the ability to experiment, do some weird stuff here. I just don't think we have seen yet what that offense is going to be. And I think a lot of it, you know, relies on Le'Veon Bell. It's hard if if your run game or your running back isn't in top form and your running game isn't that dominant. What's that do? I mean, it, t- it limits you. It takes away play action. And once he starts ripping off two or three twenty-yard runs, and like, ah, we got to stop this guy. All of a sudden, boy, that play action, boom! Now you got right. single coverage. You got Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant. I mean, you'll have all kinds of open receivers. And now that this is still one of the better offenses in the league. And you're right; they do need to cut loose. But I think they're taking their time, making sure all the pieces are in place because this is. I still think this could be uh, Roethlisberger's last rodeo. Yeah, and let's make no mistake about it. The only way the Steelers could have lost that game against Minnesota when it became evident that Sam Bradford was going to play is if they went out there and turned the ball over a bunch, right? right. They, they had no fear of Casey Kasem going up and down the field on them. So <laughs> no. that game plan screamed that. We're going to take care of it, take opportunities where we can, those few deep shots to Martavis Bryant. We're not forcing it into the tight coverage that Antonio Brown's going to have. We're not doing all kinds of crazy, wacky, gimmicky stuff with Le'Veon Bell and getting him hurt against what may be the best defense in the league, right? We're just going to do what we have to do, and let's find not forget, 24 points somewhere, and get the hell out of here and with And let's, let's not uh, forget the fact that Martavis Bride hadn't played in a year. Right. And, and it takes a while. He's getting back into it. I think once you know these pieces start settling in, and the grease gets around them. I think that I think this offense takes off, and it's going to be rough to stop. Well, I will say, let's get Levy on greased because, buddy, he's killing me. He's killing yeah. me in a lot of leagues. I had that number two pick about six times this year. I didn't have it, it, so I I, it's been, I have no Levy on Bell. It's been most uncomfortable. Year. So grease him up. Let's go. go grease him up. All right, Rick. Fact or fic? Hold on, I got to jot that down. I think that's a good show title. Grease him up. You think grease him up? I like it. All right, Rick. Fact or fiction, real simple. Carson Palmer is done. Finito. Sure looks that way. That was the Colts, Rick. I was willing to throw away week one. I know it's still just Detroit, but I was willing to throw that out. (laughs) That was the Colts. Yeah. That was disgusting display. And, look, I don't care how bad a team travels. You played in Detroit in week one. Indianapolis isn't that far away. I mean, if you travel that bad, stay in an Indy hotel all week, you know, if you can't travel. But they should have went in, and I, that was one of my losses in the prediction. I predicted them to blow the doors off of mm-hmm. Indianapolis. They should have lost the game. Yeah, very easily could have, yeah. yes. I'm with you. No need to expand on it. That arm, I don't think, came back. doesn't look like a strength issue necessarily, but it's an accuracy issue, which could relate back to a strength issue, right, if he's having to overthrow whatever he's having to do. The accuracy's just gone. I think it's done. It's over for Carson Palmer. And, frankly, you brought it up at the top of the show. That defense looks bad. That that You lose David Johnson. That team's just in total disarray right now. It sure seems to be. All right, Rick, very similar factor fiction. Brandon Marshall, your boy, is El Finito. Well. This is hard for you to answer, I know, Rick. Come on. 
Use your head, not your heart. And with the only caveat is I'm not sure if he's as done as much as the Giants' offense is so bad right now. They can't protect the quarterback. They cannot run the football. Odell Beckham isn't 100%. There are just so many things. Obviously, he wasn't brought to New York to be the guy. He wasn't there to carry that offense. And he's the only healthy piece there is right now. But to your point, yeah, I mean, he's probably about done. There's no doubt about it. He's not getting separation. That's the issue. At all. And and let's face it, he didn't have – Beckham taking away some of the coverage in week one, so you can throw that out. But but Beckham was in there in week two, and there was just nothing. He was not an option to Eli when Eli wasn't looking through his ear hole. Right, and that's what I'm going to say, 90% done. I'm going to allow a 10% chance that a fully healthy Odell Beckham makes things a lot easier for Brandon Marshall to get open because that's what I've seen the first two weeks is a – Market inability to get himself open, right? Even with that size he has. So if you get a full, because Odell Beckham was back this last week, but it, that that wasn't Odell Beckham. Those were courtesy warm up type of throws, yep. right? Trying to get him healthy. Give me four or five weeks from now, and we know Odell Beckham's a hundred percent. There's an off chance, you know, Brandon Marshall can be a target in the end zone, can be a good third down target. But by and large, the Brandon Marshall we know and the Brandon Marshall you love, I think he's done. I, I agree. Father it, time wins again. Every time he's completely undefeated. Yep. Two more of these, Rick, here. Fact or fiction, Isaiah Crowell is still a top 20 fantasy running back. And before I hit the button, all right. This is our game, CBS. Fact or fiction? <laughs> and and you know what? This is our game. That's a fact, baby. All right. Isaiah Crowell. I don't think so. We overhyped that. Everybody in the community and I bought into it, Ray. Well, everybody in the country overhyped it. The moves that Cleveland made, it just looked like they were building they were they seemed to be doing things correctly. I don't know why they let Pryor go, quite frankly. But now, um, you know, they're down a receiver, their best receiver. And now they're relying on Kenny Britt. You've already said Kenny Britt doesn't seem to be even making a dent as far as useful in Cleveland. He's poo right now. Bottom line. So what do you do? You put eight in a box. Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell isn't beating us. Who's going to? Duke Johnson can't do it by himself in the slot. And he's been the most dynamic playmaker they've had. Exactly. That's a problem for Isaiah Crowell. Exactly. Exa- and that's why he's not going to be that. You just think about it. If you're a defensive coordinator game planning for the Cleveland Browns, especially with Corey Coleman out, right? Yeah. Kenny Britt playing the way he is. So you got six wide receivers named Steve. Maybe you've got Duke Johnson in the slot. you got the tight ends showing out a little bit. And yeah. you have a rookie quarterback. You're going into that game saying their best weapon, the only guy in that offense that can beat us. You know, We, we right. can lose the game, but the only one who can beat us is that running back, right. Isaiah And he's Crowell. not going to. And every defense, in the, even Indianapolis's defense, if their stated purposes take him away, we'll deal with the rest later, can take Isaiah Crowell away. And he's going to face it all year. And that's what we're going to find out. I think they play Indianapolis this week. Oh, do they? I have to look at schedule, but I think they do. Um, when we were picking games, let me look real quick. Yeah, Cleveland, Indianapolis. All right, well, we'll get a good We'll see if we get week. any coming out of of um, 
Isaiah Crowell. But I'll tell you what, Indianapolis gave up no running room to Arizona. Right. And albeit David Johnson was out of there, so Cleveland's best guys there. But I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to play to take away the run. That's all. That's basically what they can do. Right. So, and, and even though he's a number one, I don't think Isaiah Crowell has a lot of room in your in your lineups right now. All right, last one, Rick, and we will get to uh, game pick starts and sits. Whatever you want to do, we'll start previewing for next week. Fact or fiction? Todd Gurley is back. <laughs> I'm not sure Todd Gurley ever left, but I think the Rams' offense has actually evolved from what we were just talking about in Cleveland. They don't put 8-9 in the box and, and, and just blow through the offensive line and stop Todd Gurley. He's not destroying it, obviously, but he's productive. And what he, what he does is he provides that threat that every offense needs from the run game. And I think Todd Gurley, he's got all the talent, let's face it. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I think Todd Gurley is going to be a top ten fantasy running back this year. And what's interesting, what we've seen through two weeks, Rick, is he's a reinvented Todd Gurley. The yards per carry still stinks. He still walked away with only 86 yards rushing last week. Right. And what we're considering a great performance. He's all of a sudden involved in the passing game. He's making touchdown receptions. This is a whole different Todd Gurley we've never seen. This is what McVay does, right? I mean, this is what his exactly. offense is. And Todd Gurley is adapting well to this, very well to this. I think this stat line, say for, you know, you don't see two touchdowns a whole lot, one rushing, one receiving. But I think 88 yards rushing, three catches for 48 yards. You can almost write that down for a Todd Gurley week in and week out. And then wherever the touchdowns shake out, make the difference between him being a top five and a top 15 guy, right? But the way they have him involved, the way this offense is moving, it's a lot more dynamic of an offense, making Gurley do more dynamic things. I think in that regard, it's not the Todd Gurley we saw in 2015 and what they what failed miserably in 2016. It's a new, it's a all new Todd Gurley who's going to put up really, really good number one fantasy running back numbers. Oh, exactly. He is third in receiving yards as far as running backs behind only Kareem Hunt and uh, Ty Montgomery. But he's got, um, of course, you know, Kareem Hunt's just having a career year right now. He's got, what, 355 total yards. But Montgomery is, I'd have to look. We haven't I, given I bet him enough shots. I bet he's not over 40 yards rushing. Well, 89 yards. He's averaging about 45 yards a game. He's got 114 yards receiving. But Todd Gurley has 129 yards rushing plus a more right. receiving yards. So, right. I, yeah. He's, it's a whole new Todd, Todd Gurley, quite frankly, I didn't expect. I, I'll be honest. I didn't see this coming, his involvement in the passing game. All right, Rick, it is time. We'll do starts and sits after. I want to get to our week three game picks. If you're keeping track at home, your boy, Mr. Rick Flieger, once again crushed it, going 12-4, and four, sitting now at a healthy 23-8 and eight on the season. Call your bookie. Get on the Flieger train. Woo, woo. We're going to make some money. It's about to wreck this week. <laughs> you have no faith in me at all. No, not no. So what did you finish considering, considering I've waxed you about six years in a row, uh, I finished nine and seven last very week. Very pedestrian. Yes, very pedestrian. You're the Jeff Fisher of podcasting. No, I am the Jeff Fisher of the first two weeks, but I'm going to be 
the winner well, yet it's again take in 2017. I got to have what eight, ten games on you already. You're 23 and eight. I am 16 and 15. So that's seven games I'm plus seven. I don't think you can overcome that. Not on the roll I'm on, baby. Woo woo. Fiction. <laughs> now he's figured out the buttons. We're all in trouble. That's right. All right, Rick. Let's start it off. Thursday night football. The game we've all been waiting for. Your San Francisco 49ers host the aforementioned Todd Gurley and the L.A. Rams. This is probably going to be one of these knockdown, drag-out NFC West games. I think the Rams have improved enough, and I think that um, if Seattle keeps showing problems and Arizona keeps showing problems, this could be a much tighter division what we think. Yeah. And the Rams might have something to say about it. I'm going the Rams, 18, San Francisco, 10. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength. I got the Rams 17-10. I think, you know, the Rams' offense is better than 17-10, but that's just what we see in these Thursday clunkers, right? It's going to be 6-3 to three or something stupid like that at halftime. It's just yeah. the way these Everybody's Thursday, asleep, yeah. and then they miss the fireworks in the second right. half. So it's the same way, the way these Thursday night games go. But San Francisco's worse, really worse than I thought they were going to be, and the Rams pull this one out by a touchdown. The Jaguars just came crashing back to earth, smashing back to earth real last week, hosting the 2-0 Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and – Talk about a surprise. We really haven't talked about that. The, the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of people actually picked them maybe being fourth behind Cleveland right. in 2017. That defense is swarming. And Joe Flacco hasn't been uh, going wacko in the air. I kind of like Baltimore. I think it's going to be a close game. Jacksonville still has that defense. Yeah, they gave up some points to Tennessee. But if you look at the stats, they didn't give up a total – or a ton of total yards. It yeah. was just and a lot of, of those point late points late, sort of wacky. It was wacky how they got to where they got. It was, but I still like Baltimore by a touchdown, twenty to thirteen. Yeah, I still don't think we know who Baltimore is. I'm not buying into two and zero, and I'm not going to buy into them still when they're sitting three and zero. Cincinnati's a dumpster fire, way more than I thought they'd be. I didn't have high expectations for Cincinnati, but they're worse than what what they were. Uh, Cleveland's Cleveland. Now you get to go to Jacksonville. I think the schedule really working in Baltimore's favor right now. They win this thing 23-18. I think it's ugly. I think the Jaguars' defense bounces back a little bit. But Blake Bortles was, boy, he Blake Bortles it up for three straight quarters. You know, Leonard Fournette found the end zone, but he got shut down. It, it's it's Tough times are going to reign here in Jacksonville, and the Ravens win 23-18. All right, we, we did mention this one earlier, Rick, is the Colts host the Cleve Brownies. Yeah, I still think, without Andrew Luck, I still think the Colts are the second-worst team in football, next only to the Jets. And consequently, that means Cleveland's a better team, right? But not by much. I'm going Cleveland 21, Indy 19. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know why. The Browns win this game. I, I don't know how they do it, but they're going to because I refuse to pick the Colts to win a football game. You know, like Jacoby Brissett's a nice quarterback. He's an upgrade from Scott Tolzien, but come on. It's Jacoby Brissett. Cleveland wins this 20-14. to 14. All right, Eagles hosting the Giants. We have lamented enough about the New yeah. York Giants. Yeah, what more can you say? And until I see something from the Giants, I, I can't go with them. 
Carson Wentz is playing well. The defense is playing well. I'm going Philadelphia 27, New York 21. Yeah, Carson Wentz balling out. I mean, it's all about Carson Wentz here, right? We, we know the struggles of the Giants. We don't have to rehash that. This is about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is legit. He's a legitimate fantasy quarterback, and he's a real legitimate NFL quarterback. Eagles win this one at home fairly easily, 34-20. to 20. All right, Rick, the Jets, the New York Jets hosting the Miami Dolphins. Haven't seen enough of the Dolphins to really get a feel for them. I mean, you know, they still have Jay Cutler, but hey, they beat the, the Chargers in, in a tight game on you, the road. They yeah, on the road they held it together, pulled out a nice close win. They should have lost it. Uh, two field goals missed by the Chargers. Yeah, I think it gives them some confidence. The Jets stink. I see Miami 2-0, 24-10. Yeah, it, this is about the Jets. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Miami. This is about the Jets. I got Miami 23-11. All right, the Bills hosting the, the hot Trevor Simeon and the Denver Broncos. I think the uh, Denver defense is one of the better ones in the league. Buffalo seems to be have – Decent enough defense, therefore I don't think it's going to be a huge high-scoring game. I like Denver 24, Buffalo 14. Yeah, I think we see a, a close game with a defensive touchdown making the difference here, and the Broncos end up making it look bigger than it is, winning 29-13. All right, the Carolina Panthers, can they get healthy offensively as they host the New Orleans Saints? Everybody does. Um, we're going to get a test on, on how good their defense is against the New Orleans offense. I just don't have a lot of confidence in it seems to me that Sean Payton really losing a lot of the mystique in New Orleans. You know, they're yelling back and forth on the sidelines with Adrian Peterson. The defense always stinks. You know, you can't win on Drew Brees alone all the time, no. and, and they haven't for a while. I like Carolina 34-30. Yeah, I don't trust Carolina breaking out on offense. But I do trust their defense actually holding the Saints down when the Saints are on the road and playing outdoors. Carolina wins this one. I think they win it ugly. It's one of those three or four games a year. New Orleans plays ugly, and, and Drew Brees hurts you, and a lot of the, those playmakers they have. And I got Carolina 23-21. All right, Rick, game of the week it has to be. It's going to be a nail-biter as the Chicago Bears host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I Chicago wasn't a great team. They're depleted on offense. I like Pittsburgh 33-17. Yeah, I don't see a big breakout still for the Steelers' offense. I, no, I, I think, still I'm, think I'm with you. I think they you, they keep it relatively calm as long as things are going right and wait for that showdown with Baltimore. Yeah, I think it stays unnecessarily close for three quarters, and then the, the Steelers do just enough to get by, win it by 10-27-17. All right, the Detroit Lions, 2-0, winning a primetime game on the road, which so rarely happens, hosting the Atlanta Falcons. This should be a good one. I like I don't think Atlanta has the uh, Super Bowl's slump. I'm going Atlanta 31-24 by a touchdown. Yeah, boy, if anybody was a candidate for that after the way that went down, you'd think it'd be Atlanta. They haven't missed a beat just dismantling Green Bay, just absolutely dismantling them. And I think it goes back to um, basically on last week's show, we were discussing the Atlanta game against Chicago. Chicago hung with them. You know, credit given where credit's due, they should have won or could have won that game. Atlanta held it together right. and came out with a road win 
And, yeah, albeit, well, it was the Bears. They should have beat them. Yeah, but you know what? You can lose to anybody, and they didn't. Yeah, and, and I think that was enough to really give them the confidence they needed. And I think their fortunes could have gone the other way with yeah, a loss there. Yeah, I agree. Right? So that's how big that was. I think they win this one 34-24. I just can't see Detroit at 3-0. and Can you ring? I think regardless of the opponent, I have a hard, hard time. Hard to say saying. anymore. All right, the Minnesota Vikings still don't know, still a question mark at the quarterback position, which makes this tough hosting Tampa Bay. And I think this was a, probably the toughest game to pick for me. If Bradford's playing, and, and that's the way I went with my uh, prediction, I'm going Minnesota in a nail-biter, 28-27. Yeah, it's – Wow. Oh, well. Keep, keep smashing nope. it. Push it again, Rick. I'm Come not on. doing you anything. Do Just it. talk. Let I don't know do what you're doing. You. Watch this. Ajayi. That's all you got to do. I didn't want to do it. that. I Just touch it. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, it's a little early for Merry that. Christmas. Save that to after Well, these predictions are like a Christmas present. Well, they are. And you're welcome. Call the bookie, especially your boy. What I say I was? 23 and 8? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, right now. Beautiful. You won't be. What game are we to? Oh, Buccaneers-Vikings. I'm going to assume Sam Bradford doesn't play. I think it's going to be tough offensively for for Tampa Bay going on the road to Minnesota. They're playing good defense. But assuming Sam Bradford's out, which is what I'm going to assume making these pick, I'm going to take the Bucks 19-9. I just have no trust for Casey Kasem moving that <laughs> ball down and getting that team enough Casey points to Kasem. win. Casey Kasem. All Rangers right. Top 40. New England, I guess they're still all right, Rick, despite uh, everything we talked about last week, hosting the Houston Texans. You know, after that angry victory over the Saints, I think this is going to be a little little quieter. Houston seems to be able to to play that offense, at least competitively, defensively. I'm going uh, New England just by a touchdown, 27-20. Yeah, I, I don't see any way New England loses this. I have it 31-17. It could be a three-point game. It could be a 40-point game. All I know is New England's going to win right. this thing. All right, this should be an interesting one, Rick. The Tennessee Titans hosting the struggling Seattle Seahawks. I have to go Tennessee with this one. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle's coming across country, which doesn't seem to be quite the the chore to them as it does the Arizona Cardinals. But they're still coming across country. Their offense still struggling, and you know I like Tennessee. We saw what Derrick Henry can do. Um, they have some other weapons in offense, and I, I think Mariota and Wilson. That's a nice little duel right, right. there. Yeah, and I'm going Tennessee 27, Seattle 22. Yeah, I just don't see Seattle's offense turning it on this week. It, it's going to happen. I said that earlier in the show. I don't think as bad as it's been the last two weeks. They just flipped the switch this week. The circumstances are tough coming across the country. It's going to be a little ugly. It's going to be low scoring, sim- similar to their first two games. But I think Tennessee finds a way here at home, 23-17. The Packers, after just getting waxed at home, hosting the Bengals, who haven't scored a touchdown yet. I'm usually kinder than you, but I'm going Green Bay 37 13. <laughs> I got 31 13. I don't think <laughs> anything more to discuss. Could be interesting if both those tackles remain out and Jordy Nelson finds himself out. Well, then Jordy if Nelson Cobb is yes, out. Right. So th- this could be one. It could be, I assume you get half of those guys back, and half of those guys, I think, are enough to beat this Cincinnati team by two touchdowns. All right. Chargers, after two heartbreakers, are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, I think this is going to be the third heartbreaker in a row. 
I think the Chargers are right up there in that AFC West as a competitive team. But unfortunately, they're in there with Oakland, Denver, and Kansas City. And, you know, they're they're losing heartbreaker after heartbreaker. And I think Kansas City a little too much for them, 24-21. Yeah, I've got it 30-27. I think we see a little bit of offense here. And I think that's San Diego. That's what they do. They lose by a field goal, right? So that's yeah. what i got to predict. I actually think the spread may be a little bigger, but you're foolish if you predict them to lose by more than three. So i got Kansas City by that field goal. Sunday night football in the nation's capital. The Redskins hosting the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. I, am I going against Raiders? Uh-uh. I'm going Oakland 35, Washington 24. We talk so much about those West Coast teams traveling east. Oakland is the one team it has never affected, never. This is a primetime game, so it shouldn't matter anyhow. But they, they come out and they blast teams with, with 1 o'clock games. It's never mattered to them. Oakland's the real deal. The Redskins look bad in week one, won, win by the skin of their teeth in L.A. last week. Just no way they have enough. No way they have enough for Oakland and the Raiders win this thing 34-23. And Monday night football, boy, it looked good on paper in the offseason. You wonder now as the Cardinals host the Cowboys. And it still may be a heck of a, a tight game. They're both 1-1. One and one. Uh, Arizona evening their record after being embarrassed in week one. Dallas embarrassed in week two. Going to Arizona. I, I think Arizona plays better. But I'm going Dallas, 27-24. I think it's going to be a close one. I think getting home helps the Cardinals defensively a little bit, but I honestly believe we talked about it in the game, Rick. I think Carson Palmer's just flat done. David Johnson obviously still going to be out, and the Cowboys are going to be ticked, and they're going to find a way to get this thing done fairly easily. Cowboys 29-19. All right, real quick, Rick, let's go through our starts and sits, and then we'll get in that mailbag and get you out of here. Please, okay. I want you out of you here. Go, you go first. Right. I'm going through my uh, – I'm making sure I've lo- have I, lost things I wish here. everybody could see what Rick's show prep is, is right before the mics go hot every day, he pulls seven pieces of crinkled paper up out of his front pocket and then spends the rest of the show shuffling it around looking for it. You know, mine are typed up and neat and pretty and but looking good. you don't good. do anything all day. I work supporting you my family. You do absolutely you do nothing. nothing. I am here killing myself, and I make the time. You know what it is, Rick, because I don't have to go to bed at 7.30 every night to function the next no, day. No, you've already told so the listeners what you do. Or do you lay in the couch with your hand down your That's pants? on Sunday. That's every day. Well, but then I type with the other hand, and I do my show prep. Yeah. Anyhow, Rick, I'm going to give all three the, my starts at all three positions rather okay. than drag this thing out. Right. Quarterback, Carson Wentz versus the Giants. Need I say more? This kid is balling out 300-plus yards two straight weeks. Giants, that look, that's a good defensive team. Secondary, a little bit suspect, and really paying the price for how poor that offense has been. I think Carson Wentz at home sets up for a big game. Running back, Carlos Hyde versus the Rams. As good as that Rams defense is, they've been really bad against the run. Look what Fat Rob did against them. There's issues there on the interior. Teams are able to run on them. San Francisco is going to have to run to even keep this thing close, I think. So Carlos Hyde sets up for a big day. And at wide receiver, Rick, I'm going to do it. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm going to believe it. Going against that Saints defense, Greg Olson being out, I think Kelvin Benjamin's the man this week at the wide receiver position. See, that's why you wanted to do all yours first because you took all Were they all yours, every one of them? Well, no, not every one. Not not Carson Wentz. All right. But, uh, you know – 
I have I have to go along with you on, on the Calvin Benjamin thing. But fortunately, I have another one, Martavis Bryant. Get him. It, yeah, he's a must-start against that Chicago defense. I think they may not really start going crazy, but I think they're going to take some shots downfield against that Bear defense, you know, the old shock and awe. Right. And, and I think and, very and, similar to what we saw last week, and all those deep shots went to Bryant, not to Antonio Brown. No, exactly. I mean, he's the guy that runs around and, you know, catches the ball into tough places, but Bryant, he's, he just goes down the field. Um, Quarterback-wise, you know, I had kind of a um, a wobbly sort of um, cheap way out. It depends on who you have, I guess, but Matt Stafford against Atlanta, you know, if you have a better option, I, for some reason this week, I, I'm just not high on him going against that, that defense. Oh, so where do the sits now? All huh? Right. Where to sits? No, 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 no. I was, a lot of people have Stafford basically as an automatic start. Oh, okay. So I was just going to give you maybe a little better option. Oh, I'm with you now. I got you. Kirk Cousins against Oakland. At home against Oakland. I think this could turn into a real high-scoring affair. And, um, you know, just something like that. Kirk Cousins may be a start anyway in most leagues. He just hasn't shown a he whole lot. He hasn't been. No, he hasn't. But I, I think this could be a good week for him. So, um, I guess that's it. All right. I'll let you do your sits first, lest I steal all Oh, no, I'm sorry. In in my starts, instead of uh, receiver, since you stole Calvin Benjamin, Jason Witten, man, he's a Frank Gore of tight ends all of a sudden. Seems to be. He's having a resurgence here. He certainly has. And Dak Prescott is going to that guy who does not drop balls and is running precise routes, which is what Prescott needs. So, I mean, yeah, get Jason Witten in all the time. I like it. That's a good one. All right, Rick, why don't you give your sits first, lest I be accused of stealing from you again? <laughs> the Jets. There you go. Just sit the Jets. I like it. <laughs> no, brilliant. I, I t- brilliant. I t- yes, brilliant. Sitting, you know, I, I, I'm, you hate to say to sit some of these kind of guys, but – Somewhere along the line, you have to, and I'm really starting. You can't say sit LaShawn McCoy, but he has a horrible matchup. If you have a Tarek Cohen or someone on your bench, exactly. yeah, you can sit LaShawn McCoy. Exactly, if you do, but I don't know if you do yeah, or you not. You know, not. that's right. the thing. I would like to recommend sitting him. I mean, I'm in a situation with K-Man. I can't sit him. No, you there, can't. There's no way uh-huh. in hell that I can sit him. I've got McCoy and Gordon. But I have basically junk on my right. bench and Paul Perkins and some of these yeah, yeah, clowns. Don't bench him for Paul Perkins. <laughs> I wouldn't bench your daughter for <laughs> Paul Perkins. <laughs> she's not much between the tackles, but you get her in space, she's quick. I'll what, give her you that. Know, I bet you. Yeah, she can hit them little holes. Yeah, man. She's, she's, she's gone. Yeah, you're not kidding. You're like Darren Sproles, you just can't get a hold of her. Yeah. Um, I'm not real high on Jeremy Macklin this week at Jacksonville. That, that defense of Jacksonville is pretty – pretty stout he's using a lot of the running backs in the passing game right and I, I don't like jeremy macklin this week at jacksonville all right i'll go position by position here at quarterback rick i'm sitting your boy phil rivers i don't like that matchup with the Chiefs. it's it's just simple as that i think that's a tough defensive matchup and frankly i just couldn't find a better one you know and philip rivers is sort of that guy 
he's probably the top streaming guy, right? So whoever you're streaming him with, Ben Roethlisberger, somebody like that, that's who I started over Rivers. I feel less good about that one. At running back, I am absolutely sitting, in an, and I own him all over the place. I'm sitting Jaquiz Rogers this week against the Vikings. That Vikings defense, you see, no shock that they did this in New Orleans, shut them down, but they shut down a Le'Veon Bell. Not a full Le'Veon Bell, I grant you. But they shut down Le'Veon Bell. I think it's going to be real tough sledding for Jaquiz Rogers. And at the wide receiver position, we talked about this in the game, Rick. This is going to be the one week I'm going to do this. I'm going to bench DeAndre Hopkins. It might be tough to, I don't know what, to your point, what your better options are. But if there is any team and any coach in the league that knows you're going to throw to somebody 15, 16 times in a game, and if there's anybody who's going to find a way to not only take that away, but make you pay for it dearly, it's going to be New England and Bill Belichick and DeAndre Hopkins. He may get those targets, but about four of them are going to result in interceptions if they're trying to force the ball into him the way they have been. Gutty call. I got to tell you, gutty call. But, um, yeah, I see your point. But – I mean, if Bill I Belichick knows what your whole plan is, that's a problem. I kind of doubt problem. you're probably going to have a better option that's on a, your bench is right. the problem. But if you are in a league starting only two wide receivers and no flex, I mean, there's still weirdos out there that don't have the flex position and so forth. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can find somebody better. So I think you'll find a lot of guys. But I think right. you're looking at two for 24, something like that, from DeAndre Hopkins this week. All right, Rick, I'm, I'm getting tired. Let's open up that mailbag, help some folks we out. Need a, out we need a button I, for I the mail delivery. I told you I knew that last week and I forgot. We, I we do know. need to come up with that. Remind me. you got to remind me. Or learn how to do this crap yourself. Well, okay. So I got to learn words, how <laughs> Remind me. I have to learn how to hit the button. Yeah, you can't first. even push the button once it's there, let alone put it there. What, what was that? I don't know. He just crashed the system. I he touched don't. it and crashed the entire thing. God, we got to get this thing on video to watch this baboon try to use this machine. All it is is an iPad. Is this what you were trying to do? Hell yeah. Good Lord. Just, just put that. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just. <laughs> You you actually turned it off. How did you do that? I don't know. I swear, this is half the show anymore. Is you smack? I don't even know what to say. You've rendered me speechless. The thing is, you saw what button I was hitting. You saw it because you knew exactly what I was hitting. Yet when I do things, it just goes crazy. I don't know. I don't don't know. Yet I I have a trash computer that you were throwing away that works perfectly. You you said it was horrible and and you were trashing it, so I found it upstairs in my old store, and I've been using it ever since because it was no good. It's the only thing that I've had that works. Hey, you bought new computers that you've destroyed. Oh, yeah, they're long gone. Got this old dinosaur from 1998, <laughs> boy, it's flying around. I give you an iPad, and all it is with buttons to touch, and you somehow crash the system. That's not even possible. I, I know it's nuts. Okay, well, I, I don't need a button. You, I mean, you know. We do things around here my way. You're going to be second string all your life, boy. You are going to be second string all your life, Rick. <sighs> PPR. Oh, let me get my pen out. Hold on. All right, go and ahead. This, this, is a, this is a very good question. I'll be the judge Considering they're playing each other. Okay. Frank Gore or Isaiah Crowell? You know, after everything I said about Crowell during Factor Fiction, I'm going to go with him here. If he has an opportunity to do it, 
it's going to be here. Gore, the opportunity really hasn't been there, right? You're almost going to have to count on him to get in the end zone. I wouldn't be stunned if Indianapolis doesn't get in the end zone, even against this Cleveland defense. I just, I'm just i never surprised if they can't score a touchdown. So for that reason, I, I'm not happy about either, but I'm going to go with Isaiah Crowell. You know, to me, that is tough. I, I'm actually almost leaning towards Gore. But, yeah, no, I, I don't have the guts to. I, I want to go Gore. Just because, maybe it's just a soft spot, but I mean he's had two games, eighty-eight yards. He does have a touchdown, but yeah, you have to go with Crow. I think the ceiling with Crow is so much higher. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I, I think both of them are miserable this week, quite frankly. Right. But your best opportunity is with Crowell. Another PPR question, Rick: Lamar Miller or Tevin Coleman? I'll tell you, I'm out on Lamar Miller. It hasn't looked good. Why would any team load up against the run game? Lamar Miller, it's been ugly. They're getting Foreman involved. They're getting other guys involved. I'm completely out on him, so I'm going to go with Tevin Coleman, especially in a PPR. Hasn't put up huge numbers. Devontae Freeman's getting more of that workload than I expected. But Coleman's almost become a lock to score a touchdown every week. He, he gets plenty of goal line looks, especially in passing situations. But but more less about Coleman, more about me being finished with Lamar Miller. I, I didn't I wasn't comfortable with him in the preseason and that's that's coming to bear so far this year. Yeah, they're very close in um in fantasy points. Lamar Miller has more. He has you know, way more. He has seventy more rushing yards and he actually has more receiving yards than Tevin Coleman. I find that stunning. Uh, Lamar Miller hasn't found the end zone, and that's one of the biggest problems you're going to find with Houston. Yeah, I think Houston you can, doesn't. I find think it. you can flip a coin. I mean, everything tells me right right at the service go with Lamar Miller, but with but with Tevin Coleman, he, they're playing who? Detroit this week? Yeah, they're at Detroit, and Houston's at New England. Yeah, I mean, I I think to me that tips it in Coleman's favor, being his PPR. And it, it to me, it's very close because Lamar Miller, he's one of these guys that is sneaky. It's kind of like you. Know, I've given up on him. And then you, you look yeah. at the stats, and he has better yeah. stats. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, feel like it. Right. But, but you, you, you're right. But for, I'm, I'm still going Coleman here. Okay. Jay Cutler at New York Jets. Whoa. Okay. Or Big Ben at Chicago. Okay, so we're playing the Ben on the road gimmick. The, you know what? There, there's been worse teams actually than this Chicago Bears team that Ben Roethlisberger has struggled against on the road, but not for Jay Cutler. I'm sorry, just <laughs> not for Jay Cutler. Did you see that? Not that this has the anything Hail Mary, to do with yeah. that Hail Mary. That that that's tremendous. I usually. Kind of brush that stuff aside, but just being Jay Cutler, being as bad as it was, you have to take notice of it a little bit. Jay Cutler at this point's game manager, right? If, I think at this point you have concerns about Ben, but you start talking about ceiling. So there, there's a pretty low floor on both of these guys, but the ceiling for Ben Roethlisberger is about six stories above anything where Jay Cutler's ceiling is going to be. I agree. Okay, where's our uh, blow it up button? Oh, we're ready already. Oh, All yeah, right. man. Blow it up. Week two in the books. I was offered okay. Carson Wentz and Hunter Henry for Buck Allen and Muhammad Sanu. 
My other quarterback is Dak Prescott, and my tight end was Olsen. Okay, so he's going to get Wentz to replace Dak Prescott, Henry to fill that void left, and all he has to give up is Buck Allen and Muhammad Sanu. Yeah. I push except now before this guy sobers up this, this is the <laughs> wow. dumbest question i've ever heard quite frankly <laughs> well, i don't know why is, it took me so long to think about it well because apparently the guy that made him the offer obviously saw the one week wonders of buck allen and muhammad sanu right, being yes. very productive yes. push the button now muhammad sanu is a good receiver don't get me wrong but he's not consistent in that atlanta offense no. buck allen Eh, he'll probably be nice. fairly productive as long as Baltimore keeps doing this. But, nah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I Do would, it before this guy wakes up. I would take just Wentz for Allen and Sanu, quite frankly, and then to get Hunter Henry in on top of that. Look, he had a nice bounce back last week. Yeah, we didn't he did. talk about that after a no-show in week one. And considering you lost Olsen, you're not going to get a better tight end replacement. I no, kind of no. doubt from the waiver wire, so no. grab that I deal. I mean, you're getting a top-10 quarterback and a top-10 tight end for poo and poo. I'm sorry, for, for fill-in bi-week bench pieces. <laughs> right. What I, a dope. <laughs> push that button. Good Lord. <laughs> Do we have a dope button? We need uh, to find. I wonder what it would be. Uh, That's a good. One. I like that. I like that. That's got to be out there. Maybe I can be we'll it, huh? It. Yeah, we can just record you doing. Oh, it. we just do uh, Mortimer Snurd from the old uh, Mortimer. What now? Mortimer Snurd. I'm not familiar. He was an old uh, Edgar Bergen puppet. That doesn't help me. Charlie McCarthy. Doesn't help me. You've heard of Jeff Dunham? Yes. He's a ventriloquist. Yeah, I know Jeff with, Dunham. With the, well. Edgar Bergen was a ventriloquist years and years and years before. Nah. He had Charlie McCarthy, Mortimer Snurd, and some I've other ones. I don't think I've seen him. You remember Candace Bergen? It used to be Murphy Brown. Yeah, I remember Murphy It was her Brown. father. Oh, that's how old the guy was. All right, well, then that's why I don't know. We're talking, well, I mean, you heard of George Washington, so I thought maybe somewhere along the line. Black and white. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. but uh, very good. Okay, you never <laughs> saw Charlie McCarthy. Top hat, monocle, suit. Mortimer Snurd had the buck teeth. The <laughs> No, but I like when you make that sound, so go on. Okay. Should I start Alex Smith over Russell Wilson? Smith has been on my bench, but doing well. You know what? Yes. I, I'm, gonna I, do I'm with you. I, I thought we were going to have an argument. At some point, Russell Wilson's going to overtake Smith by sure leaps is. and bounds almost. But we talked, but it's not yet. They do this bit. They get off to a slow start. The offensive line's really bad right now for, for Seattle. So, yeah, I think there's no question. Things, Good times are rolling in that Kansas City offense and roll right with it. Sure. It becomes a floor thing for me, too, right? We know what Smith's floor is, and we've seen Wilson's can go a lot lower. Yeah, exactly. All right. Hit the old return oh, We're going to do it again. I love it. Blow it up. I was offered Todd Gurley for Keenan Allen. Hmm. Okay. My my running backs are Gordon, Jaquiz Rogers, Crowell, and Rob Kelly. Okay, I can see why he's you know he feels like it's a position of strength, but I don't know. Well, no, he's actually getting Gurley because Fat Rob. Oh, he's hurt. getting early, getting Gurley. Okay. Yeah. 
Fat Rob's hurt. Jaquiz will probably be coming out with um, and three more games, with Martin yeah. coming back, okay. I, and Crowell's doing nothing. He probably thinks he's weak. Okay. His wide receivers are Allen, of course, mm-hmm. Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, okay, Cordell Patterson, Chris Hogan, and Cole Beasley. Okay, so if you take. Keenan Allen, who's clearly the best receiver in that core. If it's a normal league, he's starting two receivers. So right now he's starting probably Hopkins and Fitzgerald, I would assume. Or Hogan, maybe. Yeah, probably Hogan. Probably Hopkins and Hogan if he moves. Allen, Hopkins, and Hogan. So now he's going to have to start Fitzgerald, Hopkins, and Hogan to get Gurley in there, starting with Melvin Gordon. You know what? I'm going to tell you not to make this move. I think Keenan Allen's on his way to a top six or seven wide receiver finish here. I'd love to get it, love to get Todd Gurley, but he's almost looking a little touchdown dependent. It, it, all the good things I said about him, he's played two pretty bad run defenses and hasn't hit the hundred yard mark. Keenan Allen. Eight. He didn't say if it was PPR or no, not. No, he but didn't. Eight, that was nine a, catches. We, we can't stress enough. Tell us what kind of scoring system you have because it does make a difference. But if I can start Melvin Gordon, piece together between Rogers, Crowell, when Kelly gets back, you know, I don't know. Is there a Marlon Mack out there? Cohen's probably gone. Piece something together. But I'd rather have Allen, Hopkins, and Hogan than Fitz, Hopkins, and Hogan and move Gurley in. For your squad, I w- I don't think I'd make this move. My biggest concern with this guy is, is you're playing – you're really rolling the dice. Every, everything you said, Rick, is, is absolutely correct. Keenan Allen's the best talent he has on that, on that squad. The highest ceiling probably of any of the receivers and or running backs even probably. Is he going to play 16 games? Right. Okay, right. that that's the that's dice roll. that's where you're really rolling the dice, and, and I don't like when people say, "Well, I don't take um, you know health dependent on any of my decisions." Well, I do. Yeah, it's something Be- you have to think about because Keenan Allen gets hurt a lot with certain guys, right? Yeah, with certain guys. Jordan Reed, you know, I never Bingo. jump on Jordan Reed, Bing- right? Exactly. Anyway, Todd Gurley is a gamble to a point because the Ram offense is still. I mean, they're still the Rams. It's still Jared Goff. It's you know they're still feeling their way around. They may, they may make hay and turn into a pretty good unit. I don't know. Everything tells me to say yes, but boy, I tell you what, you don't want to lose that ceiling of Keenan Allen. Let me lay this out there, and then you know my decision. And I guess right. I, I guess I'm trying to influence you now. I don't know why I feel the need to lay this out here. I'm actually agreeing with you, yeah. but it's so close for me. I think what you're doing here is you're switching your position of strength from the wide receiver position to the running back position. In fantasy football in 2017, I would rather be trying to find that second running back than trying to find that number one wide receiver. Everything we talked about with DeAndre Hopkins and what his ceiling is, at least in the short term, you are eliminating a number one receiver. So now you're trying to cobble it together with three or four number two wide receivers. Now, granted, you have two top-end number one running backs, but if you give me a running back core led by Melvin Gordon and a wide receiver core led by Keenan Allen and you know flanked by a DeAndre Hopkins and a Chris Hogan, I feel pretty good about 
that. If I'm sitting, then I can find with my Jaquiz Rogers, my Isaiah Crowells. And you still have the potential of Fitzgerald coming uh, Right. Alive. So I think I don't want to move my position of strength from the wide receiver position to the running back position because I think the drop-off from Gordon and Crowell – taking Allen out of that mix is too great for me. I think for this squad, there's a lot of squads I would make that move. This squad ain't it. Martavis Bryant or Allen Hearns? Standard. Standard. Okay, you know what? That makes a difference for me. You know what? No, I'm ne- I'm not going to recommend sitting Martavis Bryant. I think he's an every week start. Hearns is really interesting. We saw it last week. Maybe in a PPR, I'd think Hearns more. But in a standard, this is Martavis Bryant. I think so. Olsen is gone. Would you start Kobe Fleener or Ben Watson, PPR? Fleener can't stay out of the end zone all of a sudden. That is Kobe Fleener. Yeah, with with the New Orleans offense. And, of course, you know, Dean, if you're listening, sorry, pal. (laughs) We're recommending. Dean still listen. Now that we don't do the slant, we don't get to hear from Dean. I know. Or Jersey. Well, I wonder what ever become old Jersey. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Kobe Fleener. I want to see more from Ben Watson. One big week doesn't want me to jump on that bandwagon. Right, right. Pick two. Because Howard and Demarco Murray are banged up. Wow, this is horrible. All right. James White, okay. Forte, Ivory, PPR. Right in that order. I don't feel bad about starting White. Forte's a 50-50 proposition. He, he didn't look awful last week. Hey, double-digit po- fantasy points. You, you at least won't take the hook with him. If DeMarco Murray ha- plays, you know, don't automatically sit down DeMarco Murray because he's nicked up. All we talked about with, with Derrick Henry, yeah. it's not going to happen this week. If Derrick Henry plays, you're fine, and you're going Henry and White, and I think you're feeling pretty good. If not, you, you can't play Ivory here. Fournette's going to get that. They're getting Ivory involved, but Fournette's still way more the primary than And, and, and how much success Forte. is Ivory going to have against that Baltimore exactly. defense from what we've seen so exactly. far? But don't, don't, don't sit down DeMarco Murray if he plays. Right. In case he was thinking that. He may not have been thinking that. Kirk Cousins or Marcus Mariota? I'm going to have to go with Cousins here. I, even at home, I don't like Mari- Mariota going up against that Seattle defense. I'm with you. I think they find a way to win the game, but Mariota's numbers are going to be way down. I'm with you. PPR. Uh, to me, this is painfully obvious, but I, I can see where rookies can get kind of excited. All PPR. Right. Carlos Hyde or Chris Thompson? Yeah, don't. Don't overdo this Chris Thompson thing. <laughs> he had the long touchdown in week one, looked really good last week, but no, Chris Thompson is a bye week flex filler, injury replacement filler Carlos guy. Carlos Hyde is a must start. And remember the numbers that Chris Thompson put up last, last week, he put up against the same team that Carlos Hyde is playing this week, and Carlos Hyde's a better running back. So there you there's go. your answer. I like this one. Help! <laughs> <laughs> Any email that starts that way is good. Eli is horrible. Indeed. <laughs> I, I, I concur. Who should I pick up? Cutler, Simeon, or Bortles? Oh, okay. That, this is interesting. Okay, so you got Cutler. Where's Cutler playing? He's on the road, I believe. He's playing against the Jets on the yeah, road. Yeah, he's playing the Jets. Simeon's playing Buffalo on the road, and Bortles is Blake Bortles. We're just taking him out. I, I've had uh, – <laughs> 
I've had a soft spot for that old drunk for a couple I'll of years. I'll tell you what, now. I'm going Jay Cutler against probably. that Jet defense. Uh, you know, Denver's playing probably a pretty stout Buffalo defense. He's certainly a close second, and Bortles is out against Baltimore. I think I'm leaning Jay Cutler. If that's all that's available on your waiver wire, I think I'm going Jay Cutler for a week or so. For all the nice things we said about Trevor Simeon and for how impressed I've been with what he's done in the first two weeks, this is the first time he's taken this show on the road, right? And I think, do we really think he goes out and throws four touchdown passes on the road, albeit against Buffalo, who plays a good defense, but come on, it's Buffalo. That's, that's a tough building to go into still. So, yeah, I think it's Jay Cutler, just the, the malaise that is the New York Jets. I think this bodes much better for Jay. I agree. Okay, last one here. Hit the button, baby. Oh, we're going to do it again. All right. I was offered Marquise Lee for Kenny Galladay. Should I? PPR. So he has – I hold on to Galladay here. I, big week, did nothing. I don't see big week potential from Lee. You're not starting either of these guys every week, so well, I'm going to keep the big play potential there. I guess that's my caveat. If you're forced to be starting one, you know, one of these, I'm going with Lee because with Allen Robinson out, I think he's going to be your most consistent player week in and week out. You're not going to have near the ceiling of a Kenny Galladay or the potential. But I think six, seven catches a week for whatever, 60, 70 yards, is probably within the realm of possibility with Marquise Lee if you're forced to start him every week. If you're, like you say, he's a bench warmer, bye week player, keep Galladay. You, yeah. may, you may strike gold one week. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I'll, depending on your league size, if you're starting two or three, if you're starting three, it might be Marquise Lee. If you're starting three and a flex, like a lot of leagues do now, like the Caveman does, I think I still keep Galladay and play him in that flex because that's about the spot where you might think about starting him every week, just based on that upside. Yeah, I think until we've you're seen, down a couple points, you get 1.8, well, yeah, like that, last night. That, that happens to some people, but <laughs> but not everybody. I like the upside of Galladay, and it's – look, yeah. we've seen it, it. It's Megatron, and now it's, it's – uh, it's Golden Tate, which is a stupid conversation. But that number two, whoever it is, two, whoever the one is, and Detroit has always been wildly inconsistent. But Marquise Lee's just sort of, eh. I'd, I'd rather. But, again, if you're well, having to start somebody, I guess I'd rather have Lee's consistency. I would love to see Marquise Lee on an offense without Blake Bortles. Yeah, without that drunk quarterback, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that is all the time we have. We are Flieger and Briggs on fakepigskin.com. This is the Asylum Sports Show. We thank you for joining us. As Rick uh, certainly has the music on loud enough. Is too loud? But anyway, keep the questions coming. We will answer as many as we can. At Asylum Football on Twitter. Asylumfootball at gmail.com. He's so proud of it. He can actually remember the email address after eight years now, and he finally is all proud about it. It's the train, Rick. Yeah. Check it out, fakepigskin.com. For a few more weeks, asylumfantasysports.com. Until next time, good luck this week. We'll see you. Take care. Bye.